0: Like,
1: none of Nunavich or whatever? Like, you realize you next, right? Yeah. What's your name is? What? <laughs> they
0: don't like your ass either. <laughs> Go ahead. They're coming the to get seat. you. Oh, shit. It's just a <laughs> test pattern for everybody else. You know what I'm
1: saying? Like, <gasps> Man, I don't understand. Okay, let's see. Like, <laughs> now, I now, I didn't record all of that, but like the tail end of it, because like sometimes I like to put like just the crazy shit we be talking about before we start recording yeah. into the shit, because well, it, it gives a character. Yeah, rest. that's a great way to start it off, though.
0: Let's yeah, no doubt. On that vibe. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> and then and then it kind of le- I didn't get you. I waited until you walked away before I hit record. I got you. I had started recording before that, but I erased it. I got you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Panther Politics listeners. Those of you who have been listening, y'all already know. My wife does not want to be heard on here, so while she was talking to us, I did not. I had recorded something, but I deleted it, but yeah, we good. But yo, um, thank y'all, man. I'm I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, those of you who are listening, I mean, I know you're not listening right now because it's not live, but whatever. Uh, Whether you're listening on Spotify, Anchor FM, um, or wherever you may be listening, thank you for tuning in to Panther Politics. I am your host, Seven the Panther, aka Young Bunchy Carter, aka the Carolina Hurricane, aka if you call me some of this other stuff in my face, I'm going to fuck you up. Um, yeah, so anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I I am very blessed today to have my man, Uh, he is a writer, he is a uh, poet, he is so many things, and we're going to get into all of that so he can tell you all the things, because I'm still fairly new here, so I don't know everything he does, but I know um, he is is a genuine brother, and he supports very much what he believes in, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, throw, show some love for John 2 Randall. I hope I said your name right. Yeah, you said it right. All right, that's right. what's up. John 2 Randall, all right.
0: And this is the, one of the few people I let say my government name. No I, doubt. I go on there, uh, JT the Poet, a lot of times when I perform, so he might have heard me that way.
1: JT the Poet, all right.
0: But uh, yeah, pretty much what he said, just like writer, poet, kind of just living the dream that way. I think that's why I kind of connect to artists, though, because we have the same kind of drive when it comes to uh, putting our words out and our perspectives, because... Let's uh, face
1: it, we yeah. blocked otherwise. Oh man, yeah. Like this and uh one of the things I one of the things I, I can I can honestly say I appreciate about what you do is um even though you're not a quote unquote rapper, so to speak, um you are very in tune. But because most people don't look at rappers as poets. Yeah. But we know that rap is poetry regardless Crazy. of how yeah. regardless of how debaucherous or whatever it may be, uh in content, at the end of the day we're poets. Mm-hmm. Um and, Yeah.
0: It's, I think that's why you get such a negative look, hip-hop in general, because it's a good one. It's not the trash one to get promoted. Right. I guess I said that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: feel free, bro. Yeah. I, I call shit trash on this podcast all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah, By but all like, means. Help yourself. Like,
0: the <laughs> lyricists and stuff, though, it's like, the lyricist and stuff, it's like, you poets at the end of the day, and I think that's what pisses people off, is it's, you're the poor man's dream, right? No doubt. You take words, you make money off of it, and you tell stories to other people that wouldn't have heard it otherwise can relate to. It's like, poets and everything, we scare we scare what they have established.
1: Oh, yeah. The established order does not want... First and foremost, they didn't want us learning words. <laughs> they didn't want us to learn the language. They didn't want us to learn to read. They didn't want us to learn to write. And then when we did, they did not want us to use those tools to empower ourselves. Mm-hmm. So now that we do it in such alarming numbers, mm-hmm. um, they, they have a genuine fear. I, I personally... Um, I didn't even start this off the way I wanted to, uh, but I'm going to say it now. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Yes. Um you are a prime example of what I'm about to say. Um, many people get the mistaken impression from watching somebody like Nipsey who was a gangbanger, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a gangbanger. Okay, he's a gangbanger. What do you call the police? But anyway, um, but they look at that and they get a certain perception. But when you listen to his music, you hear something totally different. And you see the manifestation of what he talked about in his music and what he was doing in his community. Um, now, I mean, I don't know. How, were you like a big fan of Nipsey?
0: Uh, I, first off, I'm going to start with saying R.I.B. Nipsey. No doubt. Because I had to kind of square a couple of things with him. Like, I didn't really buy the whole gangbang thing. Yes, he could have been and all that, but I don't really care about all that. Right. But um, with Nipsey, I didn't really listen to him that much until Victor Lap came out. Like, I listened to the Crenshaw album and all No that. doubt. I listened to some of his stuff, but I, I really highlighted Nipsey from all his uh, work outside of Music, Like, I would share videos on social media and stuff of, you know, the Marathon store when it was starting, or how he would, I'd share interviews about how he was talking about buying and owning, because nobody is talking about that.
1: Exactly. And so,
0: I really didn't jump into his music, because for a while there, he came with, what, he came out in, like, what, 2010, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had some stuff stuff before that, of course, but, like, you know, when they gave him the freshman look and all that, 2010. And, you know, my whole mentality whether good or bad, a lot of times when they say new people coming out, I just throw them out the, you know, the <laughs> back right then. And it's like... So throw the whole rapper away. Fuck him. But it's like, with Nipsey, I listened to, I started really listening to his verses. Oh, like, yeah. The thing that throws me off with Nipsey was his voice a lot of times. It was sharp into my ear where it shouldn't have been sometimes. So I had to get used to a delivery a little bit. But when I did that and I heard the, I heard his verses and... You know what he did with them and how he was painting and manifesting things. I was like, oh okay, man! I yeah. can rock with him, and to everybody's credit, or to my credit, I rocked with them before you know they made the announcement. Like I'm still kind of in shock. I can't. Man, yeah. I, I got to say, like, that, the more you found out about the man, right? I actually felt like I had lost a cousin I had never met.
1: Real talk, yeah, and I I, I think that that's been a, a thing for a lot of people, and it's weird that we all say I feel like I lost a cousin and that he was a crip, and they say cuz, Like yeah. I think I think it all lines up, but the, I think the biggest thing that has ar- arisen out of this is the uh, gang truces that are happening nationwide. Yeah, I'm just um, about
0: to point that. Too. I mean,
1: everywhere. Like um, the only place that has been resistant has been Chicago, um, and. Chicago's more resistant because Bloods and Crips aren't so prominent there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's more like GDs, GD's Vice Lords. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they kind of run Chicago and they're kind of like, yeah, that's y'all thing. We don't give a fuck about that. Mm-hmm. But like, um, some of the older guys, I, I would love to see somebody like Common or Kanye West, yeah. some of the older cats, even Chance the Rapper, go back to their home city and be like, hey, bro, listen, I understand there's Bloods and Crips and I understand Nipsey was a rolling 60, but let, let's put this thing let together, you know? Th-
0: yeah, let's put it together. I mean, I could say one name that might help it, but I doubt it. I mean, nobody can give a shit if Vince Staple goes out tomorrow. <laughs>
1: you feel me? I mean, yeah, it's real and talk. I, I, like, yeah. I like
0: his, I like his opinions on stuff. Oh yeah, Dude, I, I fuck know, like, with Vince. With it's like, who are you?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> nobody can. Nobody would care. Like if, and, and, and I mean, not that nobody would care because I'm sure his fan base would. But I mean, we have to be 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 honest about our perception here. The reality of the matter is, Nipsey's death matters not, but Nipsey's death matters more because of the things that have nothing to do with music than they do because of the music, because he could be replaced with another Rolling 60 Crip rapper tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um Just think about it. Nipsey died, and then we see the rise of Blueface. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. It's not a coincidence. And
0: if you're going to go on the conspiracy shit and numerology thing, you know, they kept trying to compare him to Pac, and I got some issue with that.
1: Oh, yeah. I got, I got a major issue with yeah, that. I yeah, I got a major
0: issue with that, too, because I will say he could have <laughs> been, like, maybe the next step in what was being said. He was... I look at it as Nipsey with Nipsey. Pac was saying what he thought nipsey put into action right but the thing with nipsey if you want to get conspiratorial about it they look at it like what is it he was 33 numerology <laughs> there and all that i i fell into that for a minute and started laughing i'm like you guys are reaching
1: like like a motherfucker yeah like, the
0: dr sebi thing made a little bit of sense and then i was like no wait a minute i'm like all of sebi's interviews are still online so how does that make sense yeah
1: so i mean why are people who are posting them on youtube not getting killed yeah. like there's got to be more to it than that and uh I think my thing with the whole Pac-Nipsey thing was this. Um, uh, Tupac said, I'm not going to change the world. I'm going to spark the mind that's going to change the world. world. And I think Nipsey is a product of that thinking. Um, Pac sparked it, and Nip started changing the world. Even... Okay, even if you don't say the world, he started changing his world, which one was his neighborhood. Time, which, exactly.
0: And I actually do live by the thing that if you can change even one life one day, just like saying hi to somebody. Yeah. If you can change one life one day, you already changed the world. So how many times have he done that? Absolutely. Now the thing is, is and this is where I might get some hate is, like I rock with him a little bit. Like I didn't really listen to his stuff, but like I said, I looked at everything else he did. You know, right. The guy had books out. He made he's self made by every definition of the word. Oh yes, sir. But. The fact that they're deitizing him now.
1: Yeah, I got a problem with that. Yeah, got yeah I got, a problem, I got like, a problem with that, too. And, like,
0: when Pac said he will spark the mind that changes the world, let's not look at that singularly. Because there's a couple other artists that I know people have not heard of that lyrically have more impact and they do more in their lives that way, too. Nifty was a part of a collective that, you know, yeah. that people don't look at. Because they don't want to look at socially conscious stuff. Well, that's not gangster and all that.
1: Yeah. Uh, look at I mean I I often say this and I'm not just saying it because of the North Carolina connection but I'm saying look at J. Cole yeah um Cole does a lot for the community not only in Fayetteville but also in Raleigh, which is kind of adopted as his second North Carolina home as well as the community in Queens that he lived in while he was in college and when he got his record deal so like um but, but people don't – I think the thing that people don't realize is that a lot of these guys are connected. You just don't see them together all the time. Yeah. Like, you might not see Cole with Nipsey a lot, but they knew each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were cool with each other. Um, Kendrick uh, is from a blood neighborhood, but him and Nipsey were cool. Yeah. You know what it, I'm saying?
0: It comes down to, and I truly believe this with um, just – not even just hip-hop, but, you know, music in general is – the artists don't box themselves, and it's a fan base that does. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I always say to prove that, I mean – in I'll actually admit the song was actually dope when it came out. Like uh, they have not thinking about oh, like Lil Nas X is this country is a rap? Well, let's go back to uh, Nelly and Tim McGraw. What was that? I mean, that kind of it was
1: contrap. Yeah, it was contrap. trap tra-
0: tra- 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 <laughs> tra- That's a good one. But like I said, I think that kind of proves along the line of like remember when uh, Phil Collins did that thing with Bone Thugs? Yes. Yeah, it comes down to the artists never really box themselves in, but it's the fan base that expects them. You got purists that ruin it.
1: Why do we have to call it anything? It's, just, it's music. It's art. It's, it's an expression of that person's soul. and
0: Consumers don't understand art, especially when they're paying for it. Oh, yeah, they don't get it. Yeah. Way, so. yeah, that,
1: that goes to me saying, uh, the p- I put up yesterday, uh, they, 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 you know what I'm saying, basically they applaud your dopeness until they have to pay for it.
0: Exactly. And, it,
1: and them having to pay for it completely changes the perception. And now if it's dope enough for me to pay for it, now everything else has to be just like this. You
0: know what? I feel you on that. <laughs> it's like I was sitting there. I was sitting there. I was like, you know, I I write for the Wilson Block and I write for, you know, Uber Mag and a couple other Wilson know,
1: Block, podcasts. what up?
0: Yeah. I write for a couple, you know, online magazines and, you know, I love getting my voice out that way as well. But as much as people are like, Oh, your article's dope and all that, I'm like, All right now I'm putting price on it, I gotta eat off this. Everybody's like second guess it now, I'm like, Okay, hold on now. You won the interview last week, but now that I'm giving you a rate that I can eat on my time and all that and they're like, Oh, let me think about it and I don't get, you know, a word back.
1: I think with it uh This is something that um, somebody said, you know, I've been told over time, you know, because like a lot of times, a lot of the feature verses I've done over the years, I haven't charged for them. Um, I charged a few people because I just literally did not know who they were. And I was like, "Bro, if you really want me to get on your record, (laughs) you're going to have to pay me because I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? But um, generally, especially if it's somebody I know. I won't charge them for the verse. you know what I'm saying? My whole thing is just make sure that my my credit is there so that I can register with ASCAP so that, you know, if any royalties come from it, I can get mine on the back end. I'm not tripping about charging you up front, but people don't recognize the value in what you bring to the table until they see it do something for somebody else. Exactly. You know what I'm saying?
0: I don't want to come off sounding like a hater on that because, you know, at the end of the day, I got the story. I got to tell the artist story, which is what I aim to do every time. Right. But- and not saying nothing's out of it because I've gotten, you know, opportunity and other things out of it. You know, like, come to this show, we can meet, introduce you to more people. So, you know, I think rather than sounding like I was, you know, complaining just about money because that is important, but I also look at it as some opportunities you got to run with. Even if you don't see a dollar sign there, you may come out, you know, negative at the end of the night money-wise, but you got this experience. It's all building towards something maybe three, four, five months down the road.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, there's a uh – Man, it's a it's it's tricky being an artist. I, I I'm gonna just say it's tricky being an artist because you have to. Uh, a lot of times, people will try to put a price on your integrity, and you know, th- and there sometimes the price is so high you start to question yourself. Like, it, should I say no to this? Like, can I say no to this? But like, at the end of the day, you can you can say no to it because. You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror tomorrow and be okay with who you see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm glad you said something about Wilson Block though, because I actually wanted to before we get, because I know we'll get, we can go yeah, on yeah. that type of shit all day. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted, to, you know, get a people a little background as far as what you do. I know you're a poet, but like, and you, I know you write for Wilson Block. Who else do you write for?
0: Uh, the uh, UBO magazine. It's uh, online as well. I don't have the uh, address off the top of my head. Okay. But um, I've written for a few Tacoma guys. Put it in there. So I use that as like another outlet as well. No doubt. But uh, the Wilson block I always kinda go back to that because the editor of that was the one who really, you know, kinda saw something in me and just actually today he messaged me, goes, We're looking for more articles and, and another opportunity but he goes, You know, your writing's really good. I like how you can tell the story even if it's not like necessarily He's an interview. I paint out like the you know. editor
1: is Yeah, I paint
0: that's Michael Taylor.
1: He goes by Big uh, Bang. Bing Bing, that's it. I couldn't remember his name to say. My like Bing Bing, what up, family?
0: Yeah, shout out man. to Bing Bing and yeah. Pasadena too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We had him, we had him up on All City Sounds uh, not too long ago, man. Oh, yeah, he yeah, did an interview with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 How was that? I got
0: I got to ask. How man, Bing Bing, Bing Bing is a everything. wild boy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's a wild boy. But like, it, it's dope because I, I actually met him at Washington Hall um, in, in Seattle um, at one of the uh, Legacy Fridays that my man A Son does up there. So like. Yeah, Bing Bing's a cool dude, man. Yeah, like, yeah. M- Much love to him. Okay, so... And I, and I know for a fact that you brought something in with you that I was kind of I was kind of staring at a little something. I yeah. wanted to, You know what I'm saying? I kept
0: got- saying I was going to put another book out, and I got another one, but I just had to uh, get this out. I had my first one transition. I was pushing that for years. Still, hey. I'm still actually working on the audio book for that. So I, first off, I want to say... For recording the audiobook, shout out to Taz Jones for helping me out with that. Taz! That what should up? be coming pretty yeah. soon. Just gotta finish <laughs> the recording process up. Huh? <laughs> the y'all yeah thing, I yeah. love doing that too. Just, yeah. just kinda of rolls yes. off. Yeah. Yeah, but... um,
1: Sound like you need a cough drop, nigga. Stop doing that <laughs> shit. Now nah, I'm just playing. That shit is dope, Taz. I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking with you, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, but uh, no, this piece was, uh, this book here was one I just wanted to put out in between. One that I'm working on that's going to be like more socially conscious, which is kind of hard to write right now because I'm just pissed off whenever I try now.
1: Oh, I feel you. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, uh,
0: <sighs> but this one, I was between transition and actually meeting you in uh, real life. Shout out to real life.
1: Shout out to real life. Crown of kings in the building.
0: So between meeting you, like all y'all here, Taz and everybody, and you know thinking about my next step, I just wanted to catch everything I could at the time. So I just wrote it all down, put it into a book, and I titled it you know, Caught in the Moment put 30 poems in there, and uh, actually reached out to, uh, I'm in this um, Forex investing thing as well, so I want to give a shout-out to Shael uh, Rory down there in Atlanta, who actually helped me compile and publish the book. No doubt. So I want to give a shout-out where it's due.
1: No, absolutely. Got to do that. Got to do that. Yeah, because
0: I had I two copies of this, and the first one, the color scheme was messed up and all that, and I was like, I don't know how to make it look appealing, so... Miss Cheyle, there she goes. Well, what do you want it to look like? So I gave her a picture that I took down at uh, the waterfront in Tacoma. I
1: think oh, was yeah,
0: Wilson Beach or one of the beaches down there or something. I took a picture and I just sent it to her. I was like, "Could you make that a cover?" She gave this back to me in like 24 hours. That's dope. So
1: that's dope. Man, you yeah. gotta have that because I mean, it takes um, the one thing that most artists don't understand, most creatives. I won't just say artists. Most creatives don't understand is there has to be somebody. Who, un- who not only understands your vision, but is willing and able to help you bring it to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that regard, I got to give a shout-out to Jay Esko. Yes. Um, I told him when I started Crown Chronicles, I want to do something different. Yeah. I don't want it to sound like anything else I've done. And... I don't think it does. It and uh, <laughs> I want
0: to say, you know, first off, uh, congrats on that, man. I've been oh, talking about that for you, a man. minute. Thank you. Thank I've you. been rocking with that uh, video you just filmed. Uh,
1: oh, feel so gone. Yeah, that's so my gone. joint. Yeah, that's my joint. See,
0: and I've been telling everybody that you got to watch that video because with you, the thing that stands out with you is your rhyme schemes and your voice is so different when it comes out there. Oh, wow. No, I, I can't stand, <laughs> I can't stand uh, rappers who all sound the same in the sense that their voice is very high pitched. Oh, all yes. That. So I've always been gravitated towards like maybe East Coast rappers or something that are more gravelly voiced or have something to say because certain words, certain phrases you say, it sticks there. You know. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. We actually were uh, my wife and I were in the car, and it's funny because DJ Quick came on, (laughs) and I love Quick like she she does too, but like uh, but she does not like Easy. And so (laughs) their voices sound kind of similar. So as soon as Quick started rapping, she was like, Oh hell, and I was like, Wait, that's DJ Quick. She was like, Oh, 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 okay, I hear it now, I hear it now, okay. But uh I'm
0: gonna get shit for this too, because I kinda agree with your wife. I think yeah, the
1: voice man, easy. It,
0: it, it all comes down to the voice. If I'm listening to it, I have to have it appeal to me in some way. Oh
1: yeah, man, absolutely. And absolutely. Aside, yeah. What
0: was it? Cube wrote all this stuff anyway, so I go yeah. Let's just go to the source. I'm
1: like, Yo, Cube, Ren, and Cuban Ren have great voices. And um, you know, yeah, it is definitely the pitch. Yeah, see, Ren and Q have dope voices. Mm-hmm and so I loved hearing them rap and Dre may not write shit but he (laughs) has one of the best MC voices in the world like he's absolutely amazing so um you still don't get credit motherfucker because you didn't write it but anyway that was
0: all like what like Hitman and Royce Hitman Royce?
1: Royce and then like you know earlier it was Cuban Ren writing for him and then uh, M's wrote for him, Jay-Z's written for him, Nas, Nas is written for him, T.I. wrote for him. So it's like, damn, all the dope rappers done wrote dope verses for Dr. Dre. So. Uh, it makes me wonder
0: though, were those the verses that you're like, you know what, I'm either gonna throw this away or just Well, I'm gonna give, give it to Dre, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, now, I, well, you know, still D.R.E., Jay-Z wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like perso- that personally listen- crafted for uh, for Dre. When you listen to it, you now, can hear now, it.
0: Yeah, because you can hear certain rhyme schemes. Like-
1: yes. Like, and, um, I, as a matter of fact, the first time I heard the song, I was just bopping, listening to it, riding down the street, and I was like, "Damn, that sounds like something Jay Z would say." <laughs> then I find out, like maybe eight months later, Jay Z wrote it, and I'm like, "Oh, no wonder that sounds like something Jay would say." Okay.
0: And then you just saw Snoop. It should have been just Jay and Snoop, but that probably yeah, the work dynamic-wise.
1: Now speaking, now uh, speaking of Jay, uh, I'm glad I'm glad we said that actually. Um, there's been some uh, a little controversy surrounding his comments at Webster Hall. Uh, oh, Webster I Hall's heard reopening. About that. He did the freestyle, basically shouting out Nipsey and what he was, been, you know, what he's been doing, and addressing a couple other things. And people gave him drama because he said, "Gentrify your own hood before they do it." Um, <laughs> and people, people have a, a mistaken concept of the definition of gentrification, yeah, and, and I, that's the reason why they were salty.
0: Yeah, I heard about that, and I just I had to clown that just because not what he said, because I actually agree with that. No doubt. It's like. It went, the bar went over everybody's head. They wanted to think of it as one way, but what he was saying is, look who's gentrifying it anyway. You got all the outside people coming in and gentrifying it, so do what Nipsey did. Take control, p- pile your money up, and buy up the property yourself.
1: Gentrify it yourself.
0: All he's saying is get your money up and yeah. be in control of your own destiny. Don't be asking for bank loans from, you know, all these places that turn you down. But that actually gets me, too, because there's certain banks that, you know, nobody fucks with right yes but if you look at it if you look at you know say the guy that owns a sitgo or something like that and they're like well, where did he get the loan yes it sounds good on the surface but keep in mind the people that give the loans to them are usually black-owned banks or black-owned institutions absolutely. But since you know most people don't have their paperwork and shit ready they'll go to basically the next thing that you know complexion-wise closest to it be like all right they ain't fucking with us but we'll fuck with you let's make our money yeah absolutely have your paperwork in order That's absolutely
1: all. And, I mean, there's a um, – I think uh, I've noticed since I've been in Tacoma, there's a lot of buildings that are just empty mm-hmm. that, that could be used for something. And, I mean, um, I know for a fact from what I've learned since I've been here, there are quite a few people that live here that are from here who have made a very good living for themselves, who, who really could come back and be part of re-empowering the community. And, see, the whole thing for me is – okay, say, for instance, on this street. Boom. I, I had an idea, and I, I kind of still want to run with it. Um, and Courtney Courtney Love, who I interviewed last, uh, actually um, gave me, you know, you put the battery in my back to go ahead and do it. She was like, look, just do it. Like, that, Unless you know the people who live next to you, you don't really live in a community. You just right. live somewhere, and there's other people that live around you, but it's not a community. So, I mean, as far as that goes, like, I don't know, what side of town you stay on?
0: Oh, I'm a uh – I'm actually uh, outside of Spanaway. It's like I'm in a like really small, small-ass part of town. I I stay out like in the middle of nowhere because I actually prefer <laughs> nobody know where I live. I feel you. But I feel um, I was, when you were saying that, I'm going to ask, when's the last time anybody can say they were actually part of a community? When's the last time anybody really went out and talked to their neighbors?
1: Man, I, I've lived in several places over the years, and I, I can honestly say that it's been... Probably early 2000s, the last time I could say I lived somewhere and I really knew my neighbors like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, yeah. that I even cared to attempt to know. Like, a lot of times I'm just like, look, I'm doing my thing, you do your thing, leave me the fuck alone, yeah, leave I'll leave alone, you the fuck, I'll fuck leave alone. leave you
0: alone, don't hey. be calling on me.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you need to borrow sugar, go get it from them. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. But, like, um, I think that's part of the downfall of what, what, what we're going through right now, the fact that we won't lean on each well, other. It feeds you know what right saying?
0: into the narrative that everybody runs with because we don't know each other. And this is, granted, just my opinion. But it's like because, you know, when you turn on the TV or you read anything on Facebook or just read anything right now, all you hear is fear this, fear that. Oh, yes. Well, the fact that uh, it like sinks in and it's sustainable to people is because it goes back to what community do you have? You don't know your neighbor. So it's going to be easy to say, oh, I don't know. What's fear of instead? Yeah. I guarantee and I actually challenge everybody. Take that neighbor that you, you know, clown on because I guarantee they clown on you, too.
1: Oh, believe it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Please so. believe it.
0: But take one moment, just go out there and just say hi to them, you know, see if you can strike up a conversation. Yeah. You know, yeah, I may not be friends, but you'll be cool. You know, they'll at least be, you know, watch and see if anybody who shouldn't be there is coming near your house.
1: And that's the, and that's the whole thing. You can't have a neighborhood watch without a neighborhood. <laughs> you can't have it. You can't have uh, a community control of police without a community. And the people who are in control know that. Which is why they put all of these things in place to keep us separated from each and other. we're in
0: chaos because of it.
1: You, can, you and your neighbor both walk out on your porch at the exact same time, and you're both out enjoying a beautiful day or whatever, but you're looking at your phone, he's looking at his phone, or she's looking at her phone, and nobody's talking to each other. We're staring at the screen. Exactly. Staring at the screen.
0: Stuck in, we're stuck in the screen. I used to write about that a lot, actually. A lot of my, uh, my performances and stuff, I based it. I found this out recently because I, I was never aware of it when I was writing it. But I always base it around how technology has kind of overtaken us. Oh, yeah. How our humanity has gone. It's easy to say, but there's so many different aspects to put out there. And like you said with the phone, it's like, I've noticed this too because I've noticed it with myself. And I've actually worked to get better at it, but I don't see people really keep eye contact for more than five seconds.
1: You know what's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> there's people that I've known for 20 years that will send me a message on Facebook. That will comment on my post, that will like my picture on Instagram, that will retweet my tweet, and won't fucking call me, dog. The phone is still a phone. It is still a phone. You can still call people and talk to them. Like, when did talking to people become passe? Like, when did, when did that stop being a thing that we do? Around I'm gonna say around
0: 2003. Yeah, really. It's like Real And shit. I think it's a whole part of like like I said the conspiracy thing in me too. Get us addicted to the phone and rage on that, so we all become a, in a way, socially autistic towards everything else. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'll admit that I, it, you know, I've been affected by it. I, you know, I won't hold my tongue so I say things that I shouldn't say in wrong <laughs> times. I've had, I've had some talking to us about that, but you know, it's, I think it's weakened us in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's completely weakened our ability to <laughs> communicate in general. <laughs>
1: Oh, my blue, my phone hooked Your up Bluetooth to the car, Bluetooth? yeah, and it just, yeah. <laughs> that's It's crazy. Like, she never says anything when she comes in here because she don't want y'all to hear her. My my wife went to get in the car, my Bluetooth from my phone was connected to it. It was probably playing Dave East or something, and she did not want to hear that shit, so. <laughs> oh, man, you,
0: you, you be rocking with Dave East? I love Dave, man. Oh, man. Dave's my guy, yeah, yo. Man, he's resurrection in New York. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have you heard, uh, have you heard that uh, album he did with Styles? Oh, my Lovin?
1: goodness. Oh, Bust, I actually did a song with Beat Armada recently, and I said, um, what did I say? Yo, Kenny, Dig they, they grave deep. They paranoid. I'm paranoid, too. Word did Dave East. Calm about the slug him, beloved. And, like, it goes, it, that that line, phew, straight through. And then nobody, and then I came out the booth, and Kenny was just like, yo, that was crazy. And I'm like, you know how many people are going to miss that? He's like, oh, I know. They're going to miss it. Even people that are Dave East fans are going to miss it. Why but, they
0: sleep on Dave East? I mean, I guess, I mean, to sum it up, because, you know, the way that it's promoted, you got, like, Two rappers or two not just rappers, you got two people in general, they only put up at one time. So it's like Cole or Kendrick. But yeah. you know, and I may be fucked up for saying this, but I always kind of looked at uh, Davies, especially when he first came out, as more of like the hood Cole in a lot of ways.
1: Yes. I, absolutely. I thought, like, absolutely.
0: Just hope you don't grow up them goddamn dreads. Let's hope you don't do that.
1: Oh no, nah, I don't think he's gonna like uh, I think the thing with East is the reason why he doesn't get promoted the way that some other artists do, I think, in my opinion, is because he's a lyricist. He's he not only is he a lyricist, but he does he does the style that they like. Duh, 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 but but he's really saying something. It's not like I'm just doing this for the turn up. Like I'm really saying something, and um, that is the thing that to me means the most. Like I hear a lot of guys now. Like I asked um, Nike on when I brought him in. Uh, I asked him like. How does it feel like being the odd man out when you go to shows? Because his music is probably closer to mine than, than most other people's. And whenever I go to a show, there's swag rapper, trap rapper, swag yeah. rapper, trap rapper, swag rapper, trap rapper, emo rapper, swag rapper, trap rapper, <laughs> and then me. And I'm like, "Whoa, I'm the I'm the sore thumb in this yeah, whole like set like of hands world right world. here." <laughs> yeah, why am I even here? I don't get it. But like you see the astonishment on people's faces mm. When everything else they've heard sounded the same and then all of a sudden here you come and it's like, Oh shit. People still do that? <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, we we'll still do that.
0: That's hip hop to me though. I mean, like I'm not gonna knock anybody getting their money, even if I don't listen to it. Right. But it's like like you said, you got trap rapper, swag rapper, which I think, you know, swag and trap rapper is like, okay, one's flamboyant saying the same shit.
1: Basically. But yeah. uh
0: yeah, then you got the emo rapper, thank you, Drake.
1: <laughs> but uh You need a hug like skin. The <laughs> fuck. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna get into Yeah, that right Yeah, now. I, I was almost about to jump on that. <laughs> too, <laughs> oh, man, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like That's when they see easy. a lyricist, though, an
0: actual lyricist that comes up there, I think they're just not ready for it because they've been conditioned to, you know, say, Oh, this one's the hottest. Like, really, when's the last time you're gonna hear anything from Little Yachty? Because he ain't hot as shit. Oh, nah, man, he's it, Little Yachty's it's, trend, run is over. It's uh, it's trends and fashions that we follow now. Oh, yeah, which is the thing is, is this isn't new. Everyone's like, Oh, this is new, it may be new for hip hop. But think about it like going back to like the 70s or even the 60s or something like that. They did their songs the same way. If you actually listen to them and listen to lyrical breakdowns, I know it's weird to say when you're talking about like the monkeys or some shit, <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, like, yeah, but like, you know, they had songs back then. You had lyrical people like, I guess, Bob Dylan. I'm not rocking with that. Yo, Dylan but, is fucking monster. I, but, but, I, fuck with, I fuck with Bob. Yeah, but, <laughs> I like you know, him, uh, he actually, he would write his stuff, Stevie too. Oh, yeah. But the stuff that got promoted was stuff like, uh, oh, i like her, we're happy. She hates me. It's like it's, oh, yeah. it's all like real innocent stuff. It's like oh, let's have fun. Let's have, let's party. That was that era. So you hear that era clown. This one is funny to me.
1: As much as I love Motown, um, yeah. <clears throat> knowing that they had a machine for cranking out hits for these artists, um, it, it troubles me a bit. And then the artists who actually wrote their own material, or at least some of it, mm-hmm. and they had actual substance, um, in the end, ended up being the artists that meant the most. Like as much as I love. The Temptations and all these other other acts. I love Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye is my all-time favorite. Especially
0: after all that, I hate to say, because tragedy brings the best out of people. So no doubt. After, after after Tammy Terrell passed, and he comes out of that, and he starts getting into, like, inner city blues, and, you know. What's
1: going on? Tell you know, me. And I shit. always gravitate
0: towards that kind of music, too. Like, um, one of my favorite uh, soundtracks and favorite movies, actually, Dead Presence. I think the soundtrack yes. sells that movie.
1: Yes, but it's
0: like Freddie's dead, or like something like Curtis Mayfield puts out. You know, something that I could ride to.
1: Man, <laughs> you you just don't know, bro. Like that. Okay, so like a lot of times people say, "Oh, who's your favorite singer?" Um, and people say, you know, to give the basic answers: Luther Vandross, uh, Michael Jackson, Luther for whatever was a cover
0: reason. artists and yeah. like the highest sense of the word, to
1: make. yeah. I mean, Luther had really, really beautiful songs. He could, he could sing really beautifully, but it just never felt. And I think part of it also the reason why I never could all the way connect with Luther Vandross's music is because I always felt like he was masking who he really was to be singing to a woman.
0: Yeah, well, that came out in '94. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I, I just really
1: always felt that way. So I was like, well, you know, I feel the song is a dope record, yeah. and you sang it really well. I'm just not connecting with the song. I liked
0: his duets more than anything. Like, I I didn't really rock with his solo stuff, but like when he was one of my favorite songs he ever did was uh, if this world were mine. Whew. So it's like.
1: He bodied when, that shit too. Yeah,
0: he did. So when they go back and forth, you know, I like different perspectives coming in on that. But it wasn't so much his voice. Yes, he bodied that. But there was a uh, remake they made a couple years ago. It was uh, Ruben Stutter and Layla. um I forgot Layla Holloway. Uh, Layla
1: Holloway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and they did that. And goddamn if. Because um, I knew what I was expecting going in. So. And you know that Ruben can pull that off Ruben can blow, yeah. Yeah, but to hear Layla come in with him and them going back and forth, kind of change it up a little bit, the way they are going near the end, I mean, it's a song itself, I think, that stands out. Oh, you yeah. You just have to find the right singer. I heard, I watched in the interview a while back, it was uh, Kendrick Lamar and Quincy Jones talking back and forth, and something that Quincy had said was, the best singer can't save the worst song, but the best song can be sang by the, like, a thousand bad singers.
1: Oh, yeah. Really shit. So, Think about how many people are the greatest love of all. <laughs> and Whitney wasn't the first person to sing it, but hers is the most popular. Exactly. Because she's a fucking animal, vocally, and she just took the song to a whole new... And so now, like, there are certain songs that people cover that um, I actually heard a girl sing. Um, fuck.
0: What are singing?
1: No, 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 no. It was uh, I'm Going Down. Oh. Rolls Royce, Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Okay. Normally, when I hear someone sing that song, I say, Well, they can sing, but they sound just like Mary, mm. or they sang it just like Mary, or they sang it just like Rolls Royce. Mm. This young lady took the song and completely freaked it in her own way. And I was like, That has got to be the most creative cover I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So, um, I mean, she didn't change the music, she let the music rock the way it was, just the way she sung the song. Sometimes it's the
0: tempo, too. If you can just slow down a delivery, and yeah. changes it. Like with all those talent shows, and yes, I'm a sucker, I watch them not so much anymore, but I'll watch them because, you know, I like. The idea of it, I like the idea of seeing undiscovered talent. Even though oh yeah, they already signed. I like,
1: I like the voice. Probably. Yeah, the voice is probably my favorite. Yeah, one, I, I
0: watch it a little bit. Like, I watch a little bit this year. Around, I'll say the clear winner to me is that little uh, Asian cat or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah he's he's a Like, it just it not, he kind of
0: throws back to what we're talking about. Is he'll take a song I've heard a million times over. Oh, you can't cover this, and he'll cover it in a way. That if I hear it back, I'm like, oh, he did change it. That is yeah,
1: he yeah. it. Yeah, he's freaked. Yeah, like I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have that man. It's it's no different than um. I, okay, I'll relate it to you. You're a poet. Yeah. And you may touch on a topic that's something that fifty other poets have just talked about, but it's your unique perspective that's going to make your take on that on that subject matter different. Just like hip hop. They, they say there's nothing new under the sun. Exactly. And, you know, and it's I, all been written I, and, down before. And it's all been done before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, when I'm writing a song, I never fool myself into thinking, oh, I'm doing some new shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing some new shit. No, I'm not. I'm doing something somebody's already done, but I'm doing it from my perspective. Exactly.
0: I can reach the pinnacle I set for myself. Exactly. But at the same time, if the best thing that comes out of that too, other than launching myself farther, maybe I might, you know, expose something that was obscure, this artist that was dope that nobody paid attention to. Exactly. Maybe I'll go back and check him out.
1: Yes. And I
0: don't. I know most people will have too much pride to say this, but a lot of times when I write, I'll put on like just a beat or I'll put on like Nas or something like that or Killer Priest or something. And I'll hear something that they say, and I'll kind of I'll get the rhythm of what they're saying, and I'll just kind of write to it based off a line that they said. And yeah. i will kind to flip it,
1: man. Okay. I'm glad you said that because this is something that I've done, and I, I know other artists do it. And and, I, and and hearing you say that made me not feel so bad about it. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, it's kind of weird, because I I am a hip-hop artist, but when I write, I don't listen to hip-hop. Like, okay, so, I won't even listen to the beat when I write. Um, I listen to the beat usually for about 10 or 15 minutes before I start writing, Mm -hmm. just to make sure my rhythm is there. I may write the first couple of bars to the beat, just so I can kind of get my flow, figure out where I'm going with it. After that, I turn the beat off. I don't want to hear it anymore until I get ready to record it. And then... um, well, I normally there are two there are two albums that I listen to when I write, and they're both from uh like around 97, 98. and it's Erica Badu's Baduism and D'Angelo's Brown Sugar.
0: Can't go wrong. With Those two albums
1: examples. are the two albums I like to listen to while I'm writing. Yeah, you know what I'm
0: saying. It, it has to it has to be a mood. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like absolutely. I'll listen to no, but I won't listen to, like his new stuff. I'll listen to like it was. Illmatic. Written. Yeah, I I'll listen to it was written just because you know the production was better. Let's be honest.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> you don't I, I like the production better on Illmatic because it was grimy. I like yeah. I, I like grimy Nas. I did. I, I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you when it was written, came out. You know what I did? I, I bought the tape. Mm-hmm. I listened to it once, and I put it away and said I never want to hear that again. Yeah. And then I, I I I literally didn't hear it again for six months because I would not listen to the album. Every time, um, if I ruled the world came on the radio, I wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. I turned the radio. I turned it to a different yeah. station or just turned the radio off because I felt like Nas sold me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. After after six months was up, somebody was like, "Hey man, da, 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 da. These guys kept going on and on and on about the album, and I'm like, Shh, yeah. "Man, let me listen to this shit yeah. again." I'll listen to <laughs> you know i will okay, yeah. <laughs> listen to like
0: Illmatic or something if I'm looking for verse structure, because that's when I can really pull it out. Because the griminess of him on Illmatic was it was his verse structure. You know, I talk about Jerome's knee. She was shot down by you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's his verse structure. I'll pull out in that. Because, yeah, it was grimy. They, they, he just had, like, basic, you know, backing instrumentals.
1: This is shot piece, niece course. on the yeah. way home from Jones, Jones Beach. Beach. I've always said, and I continue to say, and I don't care why, I don't know why people disagree with me when I say this, Nas is a far Nas is like the bastard child of Rock Him and Cool G Rap. For real. He for has real. the depth of Rock Him, but he raps like Cool G Rap. He does but, not rap like rock Talk about got
0: overlooked, though, <laughs> too, is Cool G Rap. Why didn't he not blow up when he was in the position to
1: because he was, uh, he had the misfortune of being in the same crew with Big Daddy Kane, mm. and you were not going to p- surpass Dark Gable at that point in time. <laughs> like that—that's what he, that was one of his nicknames. You know what I'm saying? Dark Gable, the Prince of Darkness. Like whatever. But like Big Daddy Kane was undoubtedly the star of the Juice Crew. Yeah. So I mean, uh, and then not only that, but you also had to deal with the Clown Prince, which was Bismarck. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got two guys who have both put themselves at a certain point, um, and y'all are in the same squad. Yeah. Not only are you in the same squad, but you're on the same record label. So they can only dedicate they're only like at that time they're not sure what rap's gonna do. They're only gonna dedicate so much money to right. the, to this thing. So like, okay, boom, we're gonna give Big Daddy this, we're gonna give Biz Markie this. Oh, we still got cool G Rap though. Uh well just give him that, he will be okay. Yeah. Now mind you, you talking Cool Coogie Rap, Craig G fell victim to the same thing. Craig G was fucking phenomenal. So did Craig Mac Craig Mac fell and Craig Recipes, Craig Mac. Yep. Shout out Long Island, shout out Recipes. Craig Mac, and I See, you just brought up something I wasn't even getting ready to talk about, but we're we getting ready talk about it now. Right. <laughs> bad Boy. I have my own Bad Boy stories. We are not going to get into that yeah. right now.
0: Just don't start clinking milk bottles together. Nah, I'm not going to do that.
1: But I, Like, Bad Boy, let's look at the lineage of Bad Boy artists and where they are now, mm-hmm. uh, when, from Bad Boy's height. Now, Bad Boy Records is still in existence. Yeah. They, but people act like Bad boy is gone and it was just this thing from the nineties. No, Bad Boy is still around and they're still putting they just music put out. Puffy in the shiny suit. That's it. But let's look at the lineage of Bad Boy artists. The first two, artists, the first three artists signed to Bad Boy Records were Craig Mack, Biggie Smalls, and Faith Evans. Craig Mack is dead. But not only is Craig Mack dead, Craig Mack di- lost his mind and joined some crazy sex cult before he died. Completely went off the deep end. Like Nobody knows what the fuck happened to Craig. Like He just lost it. Uh, Biggie was somewhere he shouldn't have been and got killed. Mm -hmm. And I I don't say somewhere he shouldn't have been because he was in L.A. He was somewhere he shouldn't have been because he should have left to go to London when he was supposed to go, and he would still be alive right now. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe. I can't say that. It was that one choice. It wouldn't
0: have happened that day.
1: Right. I mean, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And that day may have still been his time to go, but it wouldn't have happened there by the way that it happened.
0: And it wasn't a drummed up, all the stuff that came around it afterwards.
1: Exactly. Faith Evans. Uh, she's had, she had a, a good career, good run when she was on Bad Boy. It spiked a little when Biggie died because she jumped on the little, all the tribute records and everything. Then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, Faith falls the fuck off. She's not writing for anybody. She's not dropping music. She gets busted with fucking Coke in the airport. Like, what the fuck? Mace. Loses his mind, gets Pastor the ran out of Harlem now. and becomes a preacher, then he becomes a gangster again, then he goes back to being a preacher, and he's back to being a gangster again, then he's back to being a preacher. You can't do that, Mace. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? I mean,
0: he only thought he could do that because they thought Loon was his replacement.
1: Yeah, and then Loon lost his mind.
0: Well, what do you, what do you expect with the name <laughs> I got? Go, I'm Loon. He's you know, already a Loon, yeah you
1: going to be here as as Mario Winans. g Depp goes deep into depression and starts feeling guilty about some shit he did when he was 18 years old Black and go turn himself in. Black, Black Rob, Rob goes to jail for armed robbery, comes home, signs with Duck Down Records. They interview him. He said something bad about Puffy in the interview. Goons from Bad Boys show up to Black Rob's house. The next interview, they ask him about Puffy. Black Rob was like, I, can't, I really can't talk to you about that. Shine gets deported back to Belize. Back to Belize after doing 10 years <laughs> to, to, and not ratting on the motherfucker that ratted on him. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always said Diddy was the devil, but... Diddy, man. And now his son is putting music out. And he sounds, yeah, acts, Eagles and moves stuff. just like his father. Well, that's not a good thing. There's all the rumors going to follow you when dad passes. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, now, now, I will say he's far more polished as a rapper than his dad was uh, Like, you, I, it was well, obvious was that Poppin pop, was not a rapper. It, yeah, it was yeah. obvious he's not a rapper. Mm-hmm. But when you are the label owner and you become the biggest star on your own label... That's
0: a problem. There's a problem. Because... This is my perspective, and you're more of the artist, so you can probably speak on this better. But I was always under the impression, if you're the CEO, isn't the main thing is to not be seen? You know, put everybody, yes, you can be dope. You can come out there and be like, yeah, I helped do this. But don't you want the person you're promoting on the record, don't you want them to be like the feature, the spotlight? You don't want to be standing Bro, up there in the shot with them.
1: I heard a guy, um, I think he might have been down with the far side and with that little crew. And he jumped on a, on a posse cup with them. And one of his lines was, I'm the CEO, so you don't see me, yo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, yo, that makes perfect sense. Like, Suge Knight was the presence that he was because he gave credence to the gangsterism of Death Row. Exactly. But you didn't hear him on the records. None of that. Like, he wasn't like, I don't want to be on your song. Well, yeah. if I Go in there and rap. I don't rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's so many things around Suge Knight, though,
0: right now. It's like... Yes, he's, they're getting him for shit they wanted to get him for years ago. <laughs> yes, not saying not saying that none of it was wrong, but I always question kinda of like what I question with fifty now is regardless of what you hear, it may not all be wrong, but how much of it is true? How much of it is really what it said or how much of it is embellishment because he fit that persona. He gave you know, death row. He gave death row the death row look. Yes. You know, what was it? He was what, a former football player that was former lineman or something like that that mm-hmm. had a hair string temper. So if you got Hawk and corrupt and snoop on your label, and they're pushing that. Oh, we're gangsters, we're West Coast, we're all this. Who else do you want at the helm of your ship? And somebody who doesn't talk, who looks like he'll fuck you up, and then has stories around him that'll fuck you up. And let's face it, during a filming of a biography, ran over a guy and they claimed he was blind, you didn't see him. Now, that's, that's some shit right there. It's like, I'm gonna run over him, I'm gonna back up over them again. Just to make sure. I'm, blind. <laughs> I'm legally blind. It's like, that excuse. That excuse, I'll actually give a little more credence to that excuse than I will R. Kelly's. Uh, I don't know how to read, so I'm not liable for anything I did in court.
1: R. Kelly, I know you're not listening. <laughs> I, I hope somebody that knows you is listening. I wish that I could catch you somewhere in a really dark room. Boy, you ought to be ashamed of your fucking self. Right? That's, anyway. We ain't even gonna get in. Matter of fact, I refuse to talk yeah, about that yeah. cocksucker on my fucking out, podcast, I just man. To say I, the creeds the stories whoo, are ridiculous. I just, yeah, it's, yeah, there. There's a lot of things, man, that, that happened in the history of hip hop culture. Um, as we've seen it, I won't even say that that's happened in the, in the history of rap music because we're talking about the record industry now, and that's not hip hop. Let's just that's say, uh, the, yeah,
0: the industry itself yeah, the because industry. the industry is dying and it knows it. it oh yeah. for years years
1: that's why record labels are trying their best to find a way to get a stranglehold on on the streaming thing they're trying yeah. to figure it out but um you think that's why a
0: lot of this shit is coming out right now because we all knew this shit for 20 25 years oh yeah you think that's why it's all coming out right now so that they can capitalize on it and be like see it wasn't us it was them so give us the control to keep this record stuff going yeah absolutely it's like they know they this is their out so they're not going to protect this person anymore they're not going to protect this person. They're going to be like, okay, we have your dirt for 10, 15 years. We're going to start putting it out piece by piece. Oh, yeah. And they know that nothing kills careers more now than public opinion. You judge in public opinion before you're judging a court of law, which I don't trust anyway. But
1: When you just talking about feel so gone? Mm Mm-hmm. And social media, we're all convicted and crucified by public opinion. And it's, it's the truth. It is. Man, I've seen so many. There's so many people whose careers and lives have been ruined. Because somebody thought something, and they said it. Somebody else believed it, and they ran with it. And she now... The telephone. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And now... And you remember that we used to do this thing in school where like you would whisper something to one person. We would do this thing in class to say, okay, you whisper something to that person. Pass it all the way around the a class. By the time it came back you. remember you. what you said to the first person? When it gets to this last person, we're going to see what it is. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it got to the last person, it was never the same thing yeah. the first person S- said. Simplest exercise.
0: <laughs> we should have picked up on a the back because... That sums up adult conversation right there. All the way live, yes.
1: All the way live. It's
0: like, I remember being young, being like, I wanted to be in the room with the adults. You know, like, when we were younger, you know, your parents or whoever, they'd have, like, that party going on. Like, it'd still be daylight out. They'd turn on their music, all the kids in the back motherfucking room. Yeah. You ain't coming out. But (laughs) it was like, uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a part of that conversation. Just be a fly on the wall there. Then when I became an adult, I realized, like, you know what? Fuck this. I was like, adult conversation is nothing more than gossiping and talking about people behind their back when they're not there, <laughs> or getting bold when you're drunk enough to say it to their face, but you still find a way to like sidestep out of it. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's and,
1: and, you know we uh we are um I, I noticed the difference. Uh, and we talk about it a lot. My wife and I talk about it a lot. A difference in the, um, I guess, the mentality from the West Coast to the East Coast. And I, it makes me understand more of some of the looks I get from people sometimes now. Um, the, the East Coast is far more aggressive. It's far more in your face. It, hey, what did you say? No, I don't like you. Get the fuck away from me. You know what I'm saying? Out here, it's kind of more, well, I don't like you, but I'm going to smile. Yeah. I'm going to shake your hand. We can drink tea or go to Starbucks and waste $20 on a cup of coffee and, and everything's cool. But then as soon as you leave, I'm right back to not liking your ass again. <laughs> but... Uh, and you know the whole passive aggressive thing is very big here and it was somebody from here who said it to me first and i didn't i didn't get it mm. but you know um now you grew up you're, I grew, you're, uh, you're I grew from up here. around here yeah okay. so it's
0: like yeah the and i do do the passive aggressive stuff a little bit not to the point that like i want to it's not like a conscious choice a lot of times it's just That's what I've seen. Conditioning, yeah. Yeah. But on top of it, it's just like, a lot of times, I don't even believe what I'm saying. It's just like, I don't want to keep this stupid conversation going. So it's like, (laughs) let me just tell you kind of what you want to hear. Again, again, why I stay to myself and nobody knows where the fuck I live.
1: I feel you. I feel (laughs) you. It's like...
0: if I have to deal with passive aggressive stuff, shit, or if I have to at least fake being around you, give me a place, give me my solace where you don't know where you can find me, so I can go back and just like chill and not talk to none of y'all. <laughs>
1: hey man, you you gotta have it. Less it's stress,
0: a... less stress. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I know you got, uh, I know you got caught in the moment. Just mm-hmm. that just came out. Now what what do you got coming next?
0: I have uh, one that I'm working on right now, and it's uh, called uh, Battle Cry. I'm thinking of a title for it, but it's gonna be more socially conscious, with all this shit going on right now, I want to kind of... I know I'm not going to say anything new, like we were just talking about, but I want to highlight like, okay, you shot, or you choked Eric Garner out, you shot Trayvon, you know, and I'm going to bring up names that people don't realize, because it happens to... It happens to almost everybody, but certain ones get hyped up because, you know, they can push something behind it. right? But, it's like, I want to show how... I want to speak to... Why do we think it's, you know, acceptable now that that shit can happen? And there's not a problem with it. Now, my whole thesis on that, though, is I think it's always been this way. Everybody got the camera in their social media now. Oh, yeah. So imagine without all that. That shit was happening. We heard about that in the 90s and all that. That's why the Rodney King thing fucked everybody up. Oh, yes, sir. Because they saw, saw like, six people beating the drunk motherfucker on the ground. What did he do? Yeah. Other than like, drown in his pool recently. I don't believe that either.
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think you know. There's a lot of the thing. The, the biggest thing for me that I'm that I'm noticing now, in accordance with that, is despite the fact that there's so much coverage of everything, you see everything We're everywhere. To it's, it's, to the, it's to the point now where people, yeah, they just they don't care anymore. It's like
0: it's an overload. The way I look at it, is it's like uh, it's like when you see a natural disaster, you know, because they have the videos on YouTube and shit too, so it lives forever. Oh yeah. But it's like say like you know. For instance, like Hurricane Katrina or something like that, it's disaster porn because it's available online and the news runs with it twenty four seven. So you're desensitized to it. So when you see the uh, see uh, you know a black man shot down for nothing, or you know one choked out and killed for selling cigarettes, it passed. You know, it's just one story in the day. That would be a huge story. 10 something years ago we'd be on it for months oh yeah but now it's like oh it happened 10 in the morning oh that sad and by 3 in the morning there's like 6 or 7 other fucked up things we're mad about oh yeah it's overload
1: but yeah.
0: it's also like we say how they conditioned everything because we don't focus on cops and stuff like that either because you got shows like Cops or Live Peter whatever the fuck that is Man. something that justifies the shit that they do so nobody questions it so everybody forgets you know I have rights when you pull me over what the fuck are you pulling me over for yeah, you know they know they can get away with it. They're murderers for hire, and I'm saying it. I'd say that they are community mercenaries, and I use the term community very loosely. Yeah, no because doubt. if y'all read, you know, something besides what's on your Facebook feed, you know, search even opposing ideas. But there was a story I read not too long ago, and I'd read it a couple of years earlier, but they rehashed it. Okay, it's the Supreme Court literally ruled that uh to serve and protect is not a policy it's to not a anymore. policy of the
1: police yeah no doubt Hence,
0: yep. everybody wondered why they took to serve and protect off the cars because that's not their thing they're there to protect the financial interest of the community and who is that they're protecting big business or protecting you know bill gates or something like that they're protecting oh, yeah. rich people from everyone
1: else and you, and that and that is even um, that's been a, a cyclical a cyclo, cyclical. Cyclical, cyclical thing um, throughout American history, especially um, mm-hmm. even from from as far back as slavery. Like it's it's kind of like okay, let's keep this here, and if we if we give them, this, give them 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 this. Now, now after the slaves see the other slaves killed and so forth and so on, so many times. Mm-hmm. At one point, the first time they saw it, they grouped together and saw a slave get killed, some of them got scared, some of them got angry and wanted to run. By the tenth time you see it, you barely have any response to it at that point because now it's a natural part yeah, of the cycle. A, it's daily life. Yeah, know? it's a natural part of the cycle. And then us, yeah, us going to jail, us getting beat and murdered by the police.
0: I'm still, yeah. I'm still fucking with probation. Like damn near. Um Oh, God. I, yeah, it's almost like 10 years. It's like, and it was for a fucking DUI.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
0: I'm still dealing with it because they nailed me with every little thing they could. Oh, you don't have a license. Well, I paid that shit, you know? And they would they always say after the fact, after they got me to sign a paper to get me out of something. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, oh, we forgot to update our files. You were right all along. Well, can I get out of this? No, you already signed it. So it's like, you know, it's. When it comes to the court system in general, the justice system, the just in general, us system, yeah. just us system, yeah, it's slavery part two Because what people do not want to address, even though they're starting to make people uncomfortable, because I don't follow any fucking political party. Yes, I kind of side with one a little over the other, but they both foul and fucked up.
1: Basically, they like <laughs> put it this
0: way: I will actually say at least of like at least a Fox News right winger at least has the fucking common decency to tell me to my face what he thinks about me.
1: Absolutely. Whereas I can you know, that, a
0: paternalistic yeah. like. Let's see, like, uh, patronizing liberal bigot. Oh, you yeah. will sit there and be like, "Oh well, I got to protect you. I got to protect you." So you're saying I can't protect myself? Get the fuck. You want to join into the fight? Go right ahead, but don't speak for me like I can't do it myself. Exactly. But because specifically, it was them who institutionalized all of it. Yes. Oh, we're gonna take, we're gonna take slavery here, and we're not gonna call it slavery. We're gonna call it, you know, correction. Yeah. And we're gonna put three strikes on you now, and. Keep in mind, you really want to go into history, Kanye.
1: Y'all boy, big y'all boy, big Bill Clinton. Yeah. Three strike guy. Yeah. Mister Baseball. That's what the I crime, call him. The crime bill. Look into that shit. Yeah. Oh, you know who helped write the crime bill? Joe Biden helped write the crime bill. Yeah, and
0: if you want to jump up on that, look at what Joe Biden said. Even in the, uh, he said it in the '60s, and he still believes it. He is against uh, desegregation. He is for segregation. He's still against busing. Not that we bust like that anymore, but still.
1: Yeah, nobody really, nobody really does. That. Yeah,
0: but you know, seeing where somebody stands that defines who they are. So he, I would say <laughs> Joe Biden knows how to connect with people. I guess he knows how to
1: connect to heartstrings to certain things. Joe Biden but is 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 riding a wave from Obama. Is yeah, what's happening right now. Yeah,
0: but keep in mind that what what does he say recently? Oh, I didn't want Obama's endorsement. Obama don't want to endorse your ass. No, nah, he does
1: it. But and then he says, oh, he says, oh, I don't want Obama to endorse me. I want to win on my own merit. But realistically speaking, if we just go by what you stand for, you don't have a snowball's chance of hell of yeah, being Bernie let, Sanders, and you know that.
0: Let's put it this way. What was it? I think it was 2008 or 2009. What was it that everybody overlooked when Joe Biden said, oh, Obama, he's a good one. He's clean. He's well-spoken. It's like, what the fuck does that really mean? What does mean? that
1: mean? Yeah, he's a good one. Yeah, just like— A good like, one of what? Yeah, just like uh, <laughs> he was the one who
0: went against uh, other immigrants coming in here, but he said it in a sly way so people didn't think it was uh, insult to him. Like, yes. he said something about, oh, you can't go to a 7 Eleven without seeing a dark, I don't know what, you know? So it's like, okay, these are your views, and we're all riding with it because you're riding with Obama and you cry occasionally. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay, you ride with, now, first and foremost, okay, I'm getting ready to state, oh, let me do it like everybody else does before I say this. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> Fuck Barack Obama. I'm sorry. And I don't care how you feel about me saying it. The reality of the matter is, if you look back at the track record of his eight years of presidency, he did absolutely nothing. And That's I not mean nothing.
0: shit. He expanded the
1: wars. Absolutely. And the issues that we have with the, with the internet privacy now, that was his bill. He the N- did that. Who signed the NDAA? He did that. Yep. But the whole problem is, we wanted to hide behind the fact that, oh, it's great, he's, he's black, and he brought people together to vote for him, and da-da-da-da-da. You know who else did the same thing? Bill Clinton. Exactly. He was like Bill Clinton 2.0 with a black face. Yeah. That's all it and was. Bill Clinton
0: to me only really wanted because he played the saxophone on Arsenio. Let's fix that it. not
1: all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just I as long my thing is this. I can applaud Obama for some things. I, I love to hear him speak, for yeah. one. I love to hear well, him it, speak. isn't
0: that refreshing considering what we have in comparison now Yes.
1: <laughs> I love to hear him speak. And like,
0: I, bore, me, bore me, motherfucker. Just bore me now.
1: But the thing for me is this considering what I hear you say when you speak. I would anticipate your actions being different because of what you say. However, uh, the one time that me and Obama were on the same side completely was when Trayvon Martin died. Yeah, When Trayvon Martin was killed and he said, man, look, y'all can try to villainize this kid all you want. You can do all of that. But he said, look, if I had a son, I got two daughters, but if I had a son, he would probably look like Trayvon. Yeah. And I, I looked at Trayvon's face. I was like, "Damn, he does kind of look Yeah, You well, got a, got a, a point. point, but um, and, you know, and his whole thing was this: you know, we have to allow the system to run its course. Um, George Zimmerman is going to go to trial. We have to allow the system to run its course. My problem becomes: George Zimmerman goes to trial. George Zimmerman beats the charge, and then gets busted two other times, and then was trying to sell the gun that he
0: killed Trayvon with on eBay. And then he puts out, like, what was it, random threats and he's making money off?
1: I thought you couldn't make money off your crime, acquitted or not. As the President of the United States, very well aware of the fact of what actually happened, you could have done more. Mm-hmm. As soon as he beat the charge, hey, feds, go get him. Exactly. Florida fucked it up. Go get him. Because he has to go to jail well, for what he did. We all know
0: Stand Your Ground, which is what he uses to defense. We all know where that is based out of. Yeah. We all know what that's based on, too.
1: That, I, and, and... This is going to go to the the thing. Stand Your Ground is nothing more than the modern-day answer to what they tried to do before some conscientious-minded people stepped in and created civil rights or so forth from the abolition of slavery. Stand Your Ground comes right out of that. It does. It comes oh, with the, uh, you scared of these niggas? Yeah, Shoot them. Get them. Get them. <laughs>
0: And your comes right out of that. But it goes back to what the cops serve. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, the cops protect us." What were no. they originally? What were they? The runaway slave catchers. And they got. They were banned in every place except for the Carolinas. It was owned by what was it? Barbados
1: at the time. Yes.
0: So yeah, the runaway slave catchers. That's the police right there. Because when you talk about, oh, it's a crime Overseer.
1: problem. Overseer. exactly. Oversee, <laughs> oversee, 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 officer. Yo, KRS One was so on point with that. <laughs> KRS and and I it's, it's shame on y'all in 2019 who don't know who the fuck KRS one is. I just
0: watched that interview with him like last night because I have to hear something to get my mind off all this bullshit. And I like the way that he reads into stuff and the way. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like he uh, he's like, an arrogant motherfucker, but he's <laughs> but yeah, he's sharp though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can tell in this interview. But I've never personally seen him. I've nah. Uh, Yeah,
1: my first tour was with K.R. One, so yeah, yeah, I've gotten to see his uh his narcissism firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) How was
0: that? Like,
1: how was that? I'll put it this way: he's um, I I will give him this, despite the arrogance, he is willing to share information that he has with anyone who will listen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I applaud him for that. And I like when you see me perform, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you see me perform, what you see a, a lot of times is what I learned from him. Um, so like, even if it's summertime, I usually go on stage with multiple layers on, um, and then take them off as I go because it gives that. the impers- impression to the crowd that I'm working hard. You know mm-hmm. that I'm going, I'm going in for you. You need to lock in with me. I'm working hard for you. Um, but yeah, that's like, and um, you know, we we see the officers, and like you said, it's been stated. Serving and protecting is not it's not really their job. It's not even in their job description. Nope, they're there to protect the investments. Yeah, they they protect. Why do you think 98% of the laws on the books are property laws? Mm-hmm. They're not for people. And they're that, to protect property. And that
0: brings up the question I've always Who asked. Who owns property? If we were such a free place, then why are there like thousands and thousands of volumes of laws on books? Oh, my goodness. You're the hey, freest you can be, but there's a property crime dash 7-3-whatever.
1: Take, take criminal justice classes, please. Even if you don't major in criminal justice, if you don't take the class, get the book. You can go to the library, get the book, and study it on your own. In fact, I'll,
0: I'll say, learn
1: book. the law where you live, mm-hmm. learn the law somewhere you intend on moving, learn the laws of this country that are enacted federally, because you need to know when you are being charged with something that is not something that's illegal. Because trust and believe me, there are people in jail right now that are charged with crimes that aren't even crimes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and also, look at one thing, though, too, because the reason they push ethnicity and race, the reason they ask it when they book you and all that other shit, look at the legal definition of what black is, and you'll see why the problems exist. And I found that out. I found thank that out you. in court myself because, you know, I'm ambiguous. I'm ambiguous in every way. Like, you know, I can fit like four or five different cultures. I, I kind of play that sometimes. <laughs> but, but when I was in court, I had uh, and thank God they I won this part of it. But, you know, they fucked me anyway. But I won the part of it because basically the cops or something didn't show up. Something happened. They didn't have certain evidence. And they had tape that went and showed of something other than what they were saying. Well, when they asked why they pulled me over, they literally put down in their documents and couldn't back up that, oh, he's on probation. So, yes, they could fuck with me. But the right. reasoning was, oh, we saw a t- car with tinted windows. We saw a dark-skinned dude. So, we, obviously, it was a, they said the word. And they are like, so we could look at it. I was like, well, doesn't that just throw it out right there? But knowing that, if, they, if that's what they saw when they looked at me, I looked into the legal definition of what black is, and I looked into the legal definition of why they put it, why they present it in a certain way. Because Kanye may be an idiot, but he was not necessarily wrong. He just said it wrong. The 13th Amendment said you couldn't be a slave unless you were in some form of corrections. Right. And it also did not give you citizenship, so let's get that out there too.
1: Yes, this is, hey man, look, there is a large cross-section of, okay, listen, I'm a hip-hop artist, and hip-hop music is bringing so many people together right now. Let's not waste that. Exactly. Um, We did a reboot of Self-Destruction, it's about to come out on my man uh, Dre Yard's album, it was actually first on my brother uh, Rim Still and my, and my and my nephew Chris Bars their album. Their group's called Fam U, um, and it's got myself, uh, lyric divine from Seattle is on it, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of rappers from North Carolina, um, some cats from overseas. Nice, um, nice. You nice. know, and it's like an international self destruction. The dude who made the beat is from from across the sea. So like, um, but the whole point was not just to redo self destruction because it sounds good, to redo self destruction because the basic premise of that record is still as prevalent today. It's still as relevant today as it was then, if not more so relevant now than then because we have brand new ways of destroying ourselves now. Mm-hmm. Technology has giving us a whole new lane to destroy ourselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then um I think the op- I think the opioid addiction is out of control um you know we're losing young people. And the the, the thing that people don't understand is if we, the younger we lose them, the more trouble we're in. Young people constitute the next generation of leaders.
0: Exactly. But if you have them drugged up on the, from like birth, and this is <laughs> happening when I was young, I remember you know you have to have this shot, you have to have this shot. I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means because you know what, it's science. You know, get you know, get a vaccination for a cold or something. I don't, I don't care. You you know, get it to get some diseases away. You know, hence why you know people that don't do the vaccinations. And here we have measles again, even though we eradicated it 25 years ago. Right. But now we have 700 cases today, which is astounding. But but I do get some of that argument. It's like, well, why do they have to have this? Why do they have to have that? You know, at least break it down in the way that you can explain it to people. Because I do see their suspicion when, you know, it went from when I was a kid, you had to have six. And that was a little much. Oh, yeah. You had to have six. But now it's like, what, 36, 37? Yeah.
1: It's a whole, I, I did not vaccinate my children. And I will say... And we're a shadow of a doubt that neither of my three children has ever been extremely sick in their lifetime, mm-hmm. ever. And I, and I, and, But then that also goes back to some other things. If you're not going to vaccinate your children, then you need to make sure that their diet is a certain way. You need to make sure that the environment around them is a certain way so that they don't contract something or end up being a carrier of something to someone else that's going to endanger them. Like, we, we, we don't take into account, how the actions in our own homes mm-hmm. are going to affect everyone else in our communities when they, when, when we leave out of the house. So
0: when you, uh, since you didn't have them vaccinated, like I said, I think that is a choice. Some people should, shouldn't should have choices at all. They shouldn't have kids, but, um, some,
1: some of y'all definitely don't need children.
0: Yeah. But, um, since you didn't do that, is it like, are you more conscious of what you feed them or how oh, you yeah, yeah. stuff? And because
1: well, see see the, the good thing about that was, um, like I'm not, By by no stretch of the imagination am I a healthy eater. I'm not even going to pretend like I am. Um, But my wife is very health conscious, and she always has been. And then like certain things happened to her physically that made her have to change her diet. And when she did, she basically, because she bought the food for the house and she cooked the food for the house, when her diet changed, everybody's did. Um,
0: do you feel better from like the stuff she cooks?
1: Like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, difference. I can feel the difference. Um, like the I still like to go die. get my, I still, you know, I still gotta go to, you know, uh, frugal's and get my burger or yeah, go yeah. over to Frisco Frugal. Freeze and grab some, you know.
0: Fr- <laughs> frugal's, man, you're going where I go. Hey. Right by the
1: dispensary I go. You by feel by me? By yes, sir. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, I just want to say real quick and interject real fast. I feel sorry for you people who live in non-legal states. You know? I really feel sorry for y'all. And I mean, it's not just about the weed. That's not the reason why I moved out here. It is a part of the reason why I moved out here, but not the whole reason. But like knowing that the um, I, I was laughing about this with D. Sloan and them when they came through their interview, man. Like, cause I was like, bro, when I first moved out here, I still had my North Carolina mind on, so I'd be smoking. And if the cops come rolling up, I'm hiding it behind my back, trying to blow the smoke away and fan. And everybody's like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like,
0: man, I still get yelled at for that because I can't trust cops <laughs> and shit. And I've been nah, here. B, I can't, yeah. It's like, nah, nah. I'll cover my hands yeah. and shit. I don't
1: trust you. I know it's legal, and I still don't trust you. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, and I think it's pretty soon. Uh, I actually saw something yesterday. I'm not sure if it was factual or if it was fake news, but they're saying by like in July, they're thinking about make, having a vote to, about. Um, going ahead and making it a legal uh, I've
0: seen that, and they're going to have to because Canada did it. Yeah. Canada already did it, and Mexico, I think, did it as well. So when you got the neighbors of the south who you demonize, yes. and then you got the neighbors of the north who you kind of demonize. Yeah, that you so, flip the
1: bird to every chance yeah, you get.
0: You can't, <laughs> but you can't have one where it's like, it's legal in this state, and it's legal in this one, yet it's legal up north, and it's legal down south. So... And besides, it's a fucking plant. Name one person who died off that alone, because you ain't going to
1: find it. It's not going to happen, no.
0: I mean, the worst that's going to happen with some of the weed, and there are some really strong strains, the worst that's going to happen, you're going to freak out for a minute, and you're going to pass out. Yeah. I'm talking to all you dab heads out and there. And eat. Yeah.
1: Lots. And lots. Da- I'm
0: talking to all you dabbers out there, because I did that one, or no, I did that twice, and I just got to say, fuck y'all.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I would tell you something. I Okay. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation when, when you did when you interviewed me yeah. from Wilson Block. When I first moved here, I pulled up in Seattle on a <coughs> Wednesday on a Wednesday evening. Uh, it, matter of fact, it was Wednesday, May the twentieth, I want to say, or May the nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. Oh, so, so
0: we almost on the anniversary of this night. Yeah, no doubt. It's, <laughs> I'm
1: all, I'm almost at my three year mark right now. But um, like the whole the crazy thing the crazy thing for me was okay. So a week later. I'm on the road with Simone and, and Macklemore going on this tour. And and this is crazy to me because I'm like, damn, I've only been here for a week. So it was te- March the 23rd. March the 23rd was the day that I got here. Uh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. May, May the 18th. Yep, May the 18th. May the 18th, 2016. So on May the 26th, 2016, which was the following Thursday, I was in Portland. After the show, we're in the parking lot, me and all the homies from the village hanging out, and they're dabbing. I have never hit a dab in my entire life. So, you know, I'm big dog. I've yeah, been smoking yeah. for a while. I think I'm the shit. Yeah. Oh, man, I walk over there they're like, yo, Seth, you want to hit this? I'm like, yeah, fire it up. <laughs> First of all, I'm looking at how they're setting the contraption up. I said, this kind of makes me feel like a crackhead, but I'm going to yeah, roll that's with that's
0: it. that's what I was about to say. <laughs> we pulled the door to the back there
1: the for me. I was like, yeah, I kind of feeling like a crackhead, but we don't roll with it. Let's do it. It's weed. Yeah, you know, it's weed. Fuck it. I'm not going to trip. So then we did it, and um, I hit it, and I'm hitting. Man, the and next tell. thing it's I know, I was coughing for the next two and a half hours, and I could not stop, and I was so high yeah. that I looked around at everyone and was like, your faces are all sliding off your skulls. Leave me alone. I'm going to the car. Yeah. I go sit in the car, and then all of a sudden, the, the guys riding with me hop in, and they're like, hey, man. It's time to go. And I'm like, there's no way I'm driving like this. It's not <laughs> happening. There's no way. We just get ready to be here for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so h- luckily neither one of those hit, neither, neither, one of them hit the dab. So it was all good. So one of them could drive, mm-hmm. but man, oh my goodness. That was, bro. I was so freaked out. I was like, yeah, I won't ever do that again. Yeah, like and I said, I've, I've stood by that.
0: <laughs> I've done dabs twice. It hit me really hard once. And I'm going to say I have a, Memory of this because there's a reason that you'll never see me completely uh, clean shaven is I have a uh, mark underneath where uh, my mustache hair here grows because I dabbed at a party. I was talking to a friend of mine who's actually a rapper. I want you to actually kind of take a look at when we get off the air here.
1: No doubt. But um, what's his name?
0: Uh, Chris Camp. Be killed by Chris Camp.
1: Chris Camp. Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, if you look at the list walk, I covered him. I covered him like last October. Okay. But um, he um, he was talking to me, telling me something, and I'm dabbing probably first time i've dabbed in probably like two years <clears throat> so i see him and i'm like i'm not touching nothing because i'm not burning my finger hell nah but i remember you know that little like pen or whatever that you push the shit down in oh yeah so i did that i smoked that and i just i start coughing i pull the thing out because i'm thinking it's a bong it's in my mind it's a bong i pulled it out. i didn't feel it burn my hand
1: oh my goodness but
0: i took the poker piece and i'm like holding it like this and i kind of leaned over for a minute and i didn't feel it singe and i it's like yep, yeah, not doing this no more. I was like y'all can keep it. That's why I say if you're a dabber, fuck y'all.
1: Yeah, y'all can have that shit, bro.
0: Yeah, and besides that, like you, I couldn't stop coughing for like two and a half hours. Yeah, right? man. I, I'm a homeboy. who was drunk. He's like, we gotta get home. My girl leave me home. I get in the car and I'm just like, nope. It's nah, like, bro. Sit here and take it. a nap. I'm <laughs> going back side for a minute. It's like I'll, I'll say it like this. I look at dabs like I look at edibles, except one ain't gonna kill me. Yeah, but pretty much. Yeah. If I have a point where I do either of those things. I better not have shit to do for like two days. Nothing, because I'm just gonna be sitting in the house. I'll say I'm watching something. i will probably staring at a blank screen.
1: Yeah, man, I, I did I did the dummy move, um, and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is not a weed podcast. But we're just like, realistically speaking, I don't have any rules on this podcast. We talk about whatever the fuck comes <laughs> up. So. Um, like, I was, I, I took a, I ate an edible once, and I thought it wasn't working, so I ate another one, and I thought it still wasn't working, so I ate another one, and this is all within a 30-minute time frame. So I'm sitting down, and I sat down and I started playing 2K. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm winning, I'm kicking the computer's ass, so then I start finally kind of, I guess I'm feeling the first one kicking in, and I'm like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. Second quarter? Oh, shit, I'm up by 10. That's what's up. All right, woo, woo. Man, the next thing I knew, I looked up, and it was, like, the end of the fourth quarter, and I had lost by, like, 40 points. And you don't know where that time Because went. at one, at some point, I stopped passing the ball in <laughs> and kept getting five-second violations, and the, the computer's just kicking my ass. So, like, yeah, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck did I do? And I was like, oh, I ate those three edibles, like, back-to-back, back and I didn't even give it time to see if it was going to kick in. So, I hopped in the shower. And the shower just felt so good until the water turned cold because I was in there too long. And then I'm screaming like a bitch and I'm jumping out and I'm about to break my neck trying to jump out of the fucking... Man, it was just crazy, man. I don't...
0: <laughs> no, no, last time I did edibles, I remember I sat there and I, like... I remember I was like, I'm going to watch an episode of I forgot what the fuck it was. But I ended up sitting there like, oh, well, it got dark out all of a sudden. I'm like, how have I been sitting there for seven hours?
1: Seven. Chilling. It's
0: like I didn't. It's like I felt fifteen minutes to pass, but it's like no, I've been sitting oh, for seven shit. hours.
1: Oh my goodness! See, and that's why, I, yeah, I just smoke. I just smoke, man. I just yeah, roll. Like, roll it up I'll roll, smoke
0: I'll, I'll roll up because it's enjoyable for me. Too. Yeah. It's like let me break down. Let me do the process of rolling it up. Yes. And, you know, let me cough my. Let me cough like crazy doing that because I took the hit too big. At least I know I'm not gonna be passed out for like two, three hours.
1: <laughs> man, like I think we. I think there's a there's a whole culture around weed, um, that I that I was unaware of because I lived in a state where it wasn't legal. Yeah. Um, but like being here and then going to visit Denver and then going to LA, like I see like uh people feel like uh espousing the, the health benefits of cannabis is just oh they're just trying to give you an excuse to get high. No, it's real.
0: I can vouch that it works though because, you know, I got like racing thoughts a lot. I have anxiety a lot. So when I smoke, it slows me down to where I can see things. Now, if I smoke too much, I kind of overanalyze shit.
1: Yes. Which is
0: fine. Which is fine. Because still, if I'm overanalyzing shit, I'm only annoying you. So. Yeah, you know.
1: You it know, is what it, it is. Yeah, so I mean, shit. It's like
0: you get mad that I'm annoying you. Fine. Get up and walk. You just shove a leg. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. You come bounce. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, when it comes to like smoking and stuff like that, there's a culture behind it, but I think that. You got, like in everything, you have a subset that wants to take it as far as they can. You have some that are just like, you know, this is medicine for me. It helps me out, and that's kind of where I sit. And I do it just because, you know, it's enjoyable to me. Like on a day like today, shit, roll up, sit out there, and like roast the neighborhood. I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fuck it. Why not? I mean, we 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 here, especially here in this country, um, and I was having this conversation with my homeboy, Remy, uh, who I was on the phone with when you got here, he... I feel like we've been conditioned to think certain ways, and it causes a lot of the problems that we have. Uh, American philosophy breeds selfishness, Mm -hmm. breeds uh, a tendency to demonize things that shouldn't be demonized. Uh, Weed is one of those things.
0: Let's face it. Weed is just a way to, uh, the way it came to be illegal in the first place. We're still fighting this now. We're just not using this term. It's a way to demonize the Mexicans in their first migration up. Yeah. And then, you know, they turned around and flipped it on jazz, which was the hip-hop of its day. Yes. So what was their big thing about it? If they sm- if you smoke the Devil's Lettuce, which I find a hilarious <laughs> the name. The
1: Devil's Lettuce. Yeah, if you
0: smoke that, what's going to happen? Uh, what would they say? Um, Asians, blacks, and uh, Latinos are going to go and get with your white women. Oh, that, yeah. That's how they started to demonize it, because, you know... Yeah, I'm just gonna say it like this: all the cousin fuckers were worried that they were gonna lose their uh, one true love, so.
1: They yeah, they were scared. They were scared. them white girls were gonna get their box beat up, <laughs> and they ain't want them to smoke that good shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just saying, man. Like I just, I don't understand. I, I mean, I do understand. This country a is country. a is a mess. This country's a mess, and the, the the funny thing to me is, this country's not a mess. The people that run the country are a mess. The people themselves, if you get them away from all of that crazy thinking, the people aren't bad.
0: Yeah. Just sit down and smoke with somebody and drink a couple beers with them and start talking to you. Just you'll, talk. You'll realize, like, I've talked to people that I've looked at it could be considered devout racist. And yes, they say some shit that is fucked up and I won't, you know, really hang with them. Right. But I've actually had conversations to be like, let me get out of my bubble. Let's see what they're facing. And I'll smoke with them. I'll drink with them in their shitty water they call beer. <laughs> and they'll sit there, and after an hour or something of talking, I'll realize that we're facing the same damn struggle. We're just coming at it from two different ways, because they're used to having power. They think they're losing it, when in, let's face it, in actuality, if you were below a certain tax bracket, you didn't have the you power. You didn't anymore. have any so power in the
1: first place, the yeah. But
0: uh, with the rest of us, we're fighting, and uh, I'll say this, more so towards uh, black people because they're demonized outwardly. Right. For everything. In every part of history, they're demonized outwardly. But- I always say any melanin to your skin, they look for a way to push you into that box. But whereas white people think they are losing their power, we have, all of us have been fighting for like decades and decades and, you know, hundreds of years to even be looked at as a person. So that, there's where the difference <laughs> comes in.
1: Just to be a person. And yeah.
0: if you think it's only American, you think I'm jumping on that, okay, I want you all to look at, uh, the British going into India and Africa. Yes. I want you to look at the French going into those same places. Yes. Or, uh the Portuguese, Portuguese. Going, the Portuguese going into the uh, Dominican Republic, going into Sri Lanka. Yes. And all that. And if you think that's crazy, I say look at it like this. And this is where I'm going to bring it back to music. There's a video I saw on YouTube. It had like a uh, old-ass Indian wiser with the beard and had like the African drummer. And they're drumming back and forth. Listen to the drum beats and see how they all derive from the same thing. Yeah. It's like you can hear it in the music. It's the drum beat, which is the heart of it all. So, you know, there's there's a reason that I say music connects a lot of us, and we have a lot to say. And the reason I'm going to clown country too is no wonder they didn't like Lil Nas X. It's the only country song that's on beat. They can't dance to that shit.
1: Nah, they can't do it. <laughs> it that's uh, I, you know we we had a, a debate on Facebook about that record, and I was just like, I just don't like the record. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I don't like the song. I said, and second of all. How dare you disrespect Nas like that? Like call right. yourself something else. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how um, you a little Charlie Pride? You want to put some blackness in the country? There is a uh, there's a there's a a guy who no there's a chick who went at Gifted Gab. Really? Because her name talking about her name is too much like Gift of Gab from Black Alicious and <laughs> da, da 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 and like this chick really went on a smear campaign to try to <laughs> slay Gifted Gab and i was like yo on a real gifted gab is one of the jewels of seattle hip-hop right like there's no even though she moved she moved to cali but she's seattle all day every day so like you have to i i I think what happens i think we have a tendency especially as a culture in hip-hop because of the clout chasing and because everybody wants to be the popular person that said it first or the person who gets the most popular for saying it we have a tendency to target people who've done nothing wrong and um I have no ob- uh, I have no objection to you, uh, going at the blueface. He can't rap on beat, and he's trash. Yeah, at the same time I ain't time, mad at that.
0: At the same time, Silk the Shocker could never rap. Silk the beat Shocker
1: now. couldn't rap. Silk the Shocker, blueface, same guy.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Just still different a time. Silk got a little better. He rap on beat now. Yeah.
1: He still ain't saying shit, but <laughs> I mean, at least he's on beat. Um, I saw a meme that killed me. It was like, blueface. I sent my part. Them. We didn't even send the beat yet. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, that's, it sounds like that's what really happens, too. Pretty but.
0: much, pretty much. It's like, and, you know what? If they didn't, if he didn't want to be known as that, I'd say fire engineer. He could have made you sound like he was on you beat. You know? Of course,
1: it's they're probably possible. thinking ahead.
0: they probably thinking ahead. It's like, nah, then we gotta get him out here to do it live. It's gonna make He's still
1: not bad. gonna be on beat. Yeah, and, so... We can't fake it in the studio. Oh man, that is awful. <laughs> All right, so who like who are you? Who are you listening to right now? Like who's, I, who? who are you? So
0: to prove that hip hop had gone international, I've been pushing this guy for a minute. I actually did an article on him that I uh, it's in the Wilson Block. The uh, issue just came out today, so we're on our hundredth issue today. So that just Woo! came out. Wilson Block. Yeah. What's up? Issue but there's a, um, there's a there's uh, a piece in there on this UK rapper named Loki, who is oh, yeah. very political. He yeah. just after being like this dude got basically silenced because he was talking about the war he talked about the strife of the palestinian people and he'd been putting out a bunch of shit lately where he's tying it all together and he um came out with soundtrack to the struggle too like probably about a month ago finally put it out there i've been rocking that a little bit because that proof that it does go global no doubt and to case in point uh the loki there himself is in the past couple years he did songs with uh Young Noble and the Outlaws, a couple of them.
1: Hey, Outlaws, Outlaws, Uh, oh man, I love those guys too, man,
0: like, yeah, 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 just, I'm into more of that conscious stuff, and I kind of like the word, somewhat aggressive now, like, uh, a song I've been listening to a lot called, um, it's called, um, History of Human Nature, or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's a song they did, and he's talking about, like, Ebenstein and all the, uh all the Arabs that we overlooked that before them, there was no scientific thought because, what was it, uh, Galileo and all them took it from Ibn Sina, who came thousands of years before him. And if you want to look at it that way, he also points out that the Chinese came out with the printing press and all that like a millennium or something before. So its he throws out stuff like that, and he has a song that really gets me because he has a song called Lord of War, where he's talking from the perspective of... A girl in the Middle East and her brother who get hit by a drone strike. Then he flips it to the guy behind the computer conducting the drone strike. Oh, that's dope. And then, yeah. Join
1: the Lucas, eat your fucking heart out.
0: Exactly. And So I've been I've been rocking with that one. because When it comes down to that, I think the UK Spitters, if you can get used to the accent, which it takes a couple listens, but you usually can. If you get used to the accent, the UK Spitters going bar for bar with a lot of the American ones that are being promoted right now. Mm-hmm. U.S. would get washed.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah.
0: Straight up. He oh, actually yeah. put out a song called Return of Low-Key, where it's just him for seven minutes spitting as fast as he can and just throwing out all these bars on it. He has this bar. It sounds corny as hell, unless it's in the right context, where he said, um, what was it? It was, um, he goes, I'm rocking out of here, but man's not hot. I got more genius bars than a laptop shop.
1: Oh, wow. You know what? Uh, Yeah, I'm about to tap in with homie. I got to hear that. Yeah, like, that's
0: dope. No, I'm listening to that because, like, i was writing some of this shit, right? Because, like, I always listen to that kind of stuff because I want to be more socially, not even more socially conscious because I've always kind of looked at things a certain way. Right. But, like, what comes to me as an artist and when I write this stuff is this allows me to say things in a certain way that I can't put into words on the spot. Right. Like, I'll say it and they'll be like, oh, man, that's fucked up. Or I'll say something that will be taken a different way. So I'll write it down and put it out Another way, and then you all feel it, which I find hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cool. But it's like like, uh, like I'll do something like shit. Um, I'll do like one really short one. You're right. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, yeah. So this one just like caught in the moment. I didn't put a date on it. It's called Enter the Abyss. And I said, uh, we live in a time where we know we're all they're always watching us. Where everything carries a punishment of poverty, clouded in the American dream. Rampant with stagnation when it comes to upward mobility. This is the experiment, how dark can we s- be seen as human beings. Look at everything society vehemently justifies. Just another day where we see another one on camera die. All stemming from an antiquated idea of seeing things through black and white. It's the poor who are in general are being ignored and pushed aside. Struggle to get by while they're convinced they'll be in a G5 flying through the sky. Now it's back to the basics. Waking up as we're in a reverse stranglehold and this is the matrix. Only consumerism lives here. Angry and complacent. Screaming for freedom. But how many of them will actually embrace it?
1: None of them. Because they don't know what freedom is. And uh, the the best... Man, that shit was dope, though. (laughs) uh, One of the best quotes I've heard about freedom was a side of Shakur saying, I can't tell you what freedom is because I've never been free. But I can tell you what it isn't. Exactly. you know what i'm saying so and i think that's pretty much where we are as a culture uh, in, in total right now um well look at
0: what they don't teach you when it once when you want to talk about freedom i really look at uh because i'm a big fan of history i draw a lot of shit from there and one thing that they never tell us because it would have led to uh, you know question why things didn't happen here because all the shit going on now they're saying oh there's riots about to break out well what about the race riots of the 20s yeah or like not 20s but like uh say, like it was the late eighteen hundreds after Reconstruction and all that. Oh yes, sir. But the thing we always look over because we vehement, or the not us, but you know this country vehemently uh, opposed it was the Haitian Revolution.
1: Oh man, yes. Oh yeah. That was,
0: and that's where I, I read into that because that was the time that black people and all people of color on that island combined together said we're getting the French the fuck out of here. Y'all gotta go home. Yeah, y'all gotta <laughs> Took go. Took ten years, but
1: <laughs> sometimes it's worth it though. Like, and I, I mean, I, I, I um, I'm a big fan of the Haitian Revolution. Uh, the Cuban Revolution, um, uh, revolution in Algiers. Exactly. I, like, a lot, a lot of those.
0: The revolution in Algiers is actually they. You know where they got their idea for that, right? Where they used a playbook from uh, the Bengali partition. They got yeah, no doubt and yeah, absolutely. The Black Panthers took that and used that as a playbook.
1: Yes sir, yes sir.
0: And in fact, uh, I brought up the Haitian Revolution. I'm gonna fuck up the guy's name, but uh, what, he was like the commander Jean De La or something like that. Something sort like of, yeah, yeah some I, I can't shit like say that. it either. But yeah. He, uh, <laughs> He was talking about you want to know what freedom is. He goes, we're about to fight for our freedom. And they're like, we're going to fight for our freedom. He goes, no, because as of now you are already free.
1: You made the decision to fight. You're already free. That that once you once you come to the conclusion that the fight must take place and you and you are willing within your heart to do it and die for what you believe, you are you are free in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I um a lot of what I do a lot of what I do, a lot of what I know, a lot of what I've learned, uh, is tied directly to the Black Panther Party, um, because because of my father. So, um, a lot of my ideology that I that I formed early on in life was a combination of what I learned from studying Malcolm X and what I learned from studying uh, Huey P. Newton's uh, you know thought patterns. Uh, and I I I choose not to focus on the part of Huey that people want to always throw up to try to. Throw shade on the Black Panther Party. Oh. Um, I, I, I often ask people, "Do you ever notice that none of that happened until after he came home from prison? Does anybody that? else ever
0: notice that? Like, yeah. you and act after like after they killed Fred Hampton? Yeah,
1: they killed Fred the and Mark Clark.
0: Basically, a drug dealer who died in '89.
1: They they killed Bunchy Carter and John Huggins. Like, all they they, they took the the time to take the powerful heads out of every section. They put twenty one of the New York Panthers in jail all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 all, and the majority of those 21 people were the leaders. So when you take all of the leaders away, uh, and you're already dealing with an organization that grew so quickly mm-hmm. that they didn't really have a handle on educating everybody to the proper way. Isn't that their
0: answer, though, to why gang violence became rampant in the 80s? Yes. Because when you lock up all the leaders who had built this generation of people that were fighting for you know, freedom for everything, get the, they like to narrow it down, but I... I'd like watch uh, things on Huey P and all that, watch his speeches, and I actually listen to uh, Mamiya a lot. Oh, yes. But, like, look, he'll bring up all the stuff saying how things have not changed, but they took everybody down because they saw change coming. That's why they made Huey basically, what, a drug dealer? Oh, point? yeah.
1: I mean, he's, uh, he he tried to be a drug dealer. I mean, it worked for a while, but after a point, his addiction got the best of him. You know yeah, what I'm saying? which
0: is what they really, I'm not even saying it's what they want, but it's in the design. Get you hooked on that. Get you hooked on shit that does not matter. Shit that will fuck with you and deter you from your path because they saw you as a threat.
1: They had uh, Huey Newton and David Hilliard mm-hmm. strung out, and I mean David Hilliard. I applaud you for getting clean and and redirecting your life and getting back to the struggle, and I and I applaud that. Bobby Seale, I applaud you for not getting caught did, up.
0: Did Stokely Carmichael convert?
1: Stokely Carmichael, yeah, Kwame Climate- Ture, yeah, Kwame um, Ture, yeah. Man, there's so many guys, man, from that era that that means so much to me. And it's like, I feel bad because a lot of these young guys don't know them. And I feel like, you know, I, I kind of feel a responsibility to educate them about it. but
0: How would you go about that, though? That's the question.
1: I don't really want to just put it in a song because then it's going to sound, it it almost will sound preachy and they won't listen.
0: But at the same time, you know, think about the ones that hear that in the song. They want to look it up because they want to know what you're referencing. Don't dumb it down for them, but throw. You don't have to, like necessarily say name, but throw like events and things that could have happened, and they'll want to like look into like what's he talking about. Yeah,
1: and that kind of leads you to the people. Yeah, yeah. so it leads you to okay. So this is the event. Who was involved in it? Oh, that was so. Oh, okay. So this is da 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 da. And uh, and I mean, yeah, that's that's not actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I, should, I mean, that's I how I used say, to do yeah. with
0: uh, Wu Tang back in the day. They throw some crazy shit out there. I'd be like, what they talking about? And I'd be like, let me read up on this and figure it out. Because I have some library for a thing.
1: There's a lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of guys uh, and ladies listening to this podcast or who are going to be listening to this podcast when it drops who who uh, fancy themselves as quote-unquote 5%ers and they wouldn't know anything about the 5% nation if they never listened to Wu-Tang Clan, right. Because uh, I know for a fact Wu-Tang's, uh, especially their early stuff, was very, very uh, the 5% slang was so heavy. I was like, people who aren't from New York or who've never been exposed to the one twenty lessons don't really know what they're saying. They don't really know. They, they like they it, know it sounds numerology good. At all? Huh?
0: Do, they, do they do the numerology at all? The God hour. Yeah, they do
1: and see that's the whole yeah. thing. And um when um when dude was like, Hey right, man, I call you at the God hour and my man was like, What does he mean? I was like, Seven o'clock, man. What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> How you don't know that? And I'm like, But I mean me, I, I feel <laughs> I feel weird because I've been studying Know, 5% lessons since I was like 12. So, you like, the,
0: all the people that study the fi- or say they're 5%ers now, because I never was, but I, you know, when I was in jail, I read into all I read the Quran, the Bible, and whatever the 5% was teaching.
1: No you doubt. Now I wanted
0: to get all of it because I could see how they all connect.
1: Absolutely. But Absolutely.
0: to all the people saying they're 5%ers, if I see you with a fucking glazed honey bun in your hand, shut the fuck up forever.
1: <laughs> I like to call you jive percenters. <laughs> That's my thing, though. But, I, I mean, you know, it's a lot of... But the thing for me is this, man. Oh, and While we're on that uh Ramadan Kareem to all my Muslim brothers and sisters out there, it's going to be a long month, but we're going to make it, okay? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And on, and on the last day, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to eat good, <laughs> and all that good stuff. But this is getting ready to be a long 30 days, bro. Um Like, this is always my... I'm gonna be honest with you. Like it was a time when I first converted to Islam that Ramadan was my least favorite month of the entire year, and now, uh, as I've gotten older, now I recognize the necessity for it. Is you know it, what I'm saying?
0: Is it as you got older, you saw the discipline that it gave you?
1: Right, right. Because I, um, now I actually didn't actively participate in Ramadan last year um, because I was my health was. Some weird stuff going on with my health and everything, and um, I didn't, I didn't go to a doctor or anything, but I just didn't feel the need to.
0: Spoken like me, I didn't go to the, do- I just went to the doctor this year because my girl, pretty much pushed me to do it. I was like, oh, ain't nothing wrong, I ain't gonna do it. She's like, no, go. Yeah, <laughs> take like, it. Yeah, that's like, what my wife be telling time.
1: me, man. That's what my wife keep telling me. She was like, okay, because I've been pushing her to go, you know, because it's been many, many moons since she went to the doctor. So I've been pushing her to go since we've been out here. And she's like, okay. I did my round. Mm-hmm. It's your, your turn. turn. I'm like, yeah, but I got something to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of got somewhere to be at. Excuses. Yeah. I got to work. You can take the day off. No, I can't. <laughs> I got to work. They don't pay me to take the day off. You got paid time off. Take it. Okay. 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 So, you know, I'm going to get to that, man. But, like, um, hey, if y'all are listening out there, take your health seriously. Don't be like me. Take yourself here. Take yourself. Take your health very seriously. Take Not only your physical health, but your mental health very seriously. Um, We are living in a time frame where the mental health of the human society of America is in horrible shape.
0: And this sounds crazy enough to say, but energy exists. It does. So, especially with the mental health, keep yourself hydrated and keep yourself clear-minded. Yes. You know, and take, you know, if you smoke or whatever, do whatever you do, when you do that, take some time, be by yourself, meditate, think on shit.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Like said, you know... All I'm going to say is this, do yourself a favor, y'all need the cop caught in the moment by my man, by my man JT the Poet, you okay. need a, you need a cop caught in the middle. It's on Amazon right now along with Transition. It's on Amazon, get both of them. Yeah. Sit down somewhere, roll you a fat one, read, yeah. meditate, get your mind right. We are, we are facing so much right now, and um, unless we find a way to get on the same page and come back together, we can't win. And
0: and here's where I stand stand apart from most of the people that are pushing narratives. I think that we will get over this. I've I've seen... I think so. With all the shit that I've read and all the things I've seen, even in my life, it's like, this is just a bump.
1: This is... Oh, yeah.
0: This is an amalgamation of what we said we are. Like, the guy running the place, because I will not call Agent Orange's actual name. Nope. But, um, what he is is basically a culmination of what... We say our values are. And to throw back to what you were saying earlier, because there's a lot of shit that I could jump on Obama about, too. Oh, yes, sir. And the one thing I will say is, yes, I will give him credit for showing, you know, you could run with that story. Come from nothing and become that. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, let's not overlook what he ultimately represented, because he was the he was a brushed-up version of American exceptionalism with a smiley face. Oh, yeah. Because they wanted somebody to cover up for the idiot we had before that. And
1: his wife is bad. Like, let me just put Mm. that out there. Michelle? Mm. Hey, Michelle. Michelle, you know what Barack... You know. It's all good, though. I ain't gonna trip. (laughs) My wife gonna kick my ass. Um... I'm just saying, Michelle Obama's bad, bro. Like I, from the time when I first saw Barack, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's a cool guy. And then they was like, yeah, who's Barack and his wife? I was like, oh you shit. We <laughs> wouldn't vote for I'm, Barack. Nah, I voted for Michelle yeah. twice. Um, I no, was like, Barack
0: gave me hope though. The way he yeah, it again, he, no just, he sat there and like, oh, that's your wife. So if I do this and I talk corny, I can get it too.
1: You know what I'm saying? Hey, bro, look, <laughs> I just want to do it like you doing it. It's all good. But like, you know,
0: just start speaking really short phrases. Be like, we're not gonna get down. Not getting funky. Yes, do you understand. Yes, <laughs> I'm
1: gonna start rapping like that. See if it works. But I mean, I you know I just, ah. ladies and gentlemen, I think thank y'all so much for you time. I mean I, I i i told I told myself last night that I wasn't gonna do another two hours of podcast and I lied, but fuck it. Sometimes <laughs> it gets like that. But, and it, but I mean it's it's stuff that needs to be that needs to be addressed, man. I mean, and right here in Tacoma, we are we, it, you know. I'm gonna say this before we close out. I realized that the Big Brother, Little Brother thing with Seattle and Tacoma is real. It is. It's really real. And I, I, I don't like it, but it's really real.
0: I wish that everybody would just unite. Like, I was talking to uh, another artist I did an article on, and actually, everybody go to thewilsonblogmagazine.com and actually check out the, an article on uh, Travion, who is up in Seattle. But he actually, I'm going to put this out there right now, he wanted to... Uh, do a thing, a list of all the dope Seattle rappers, all the dope Tacoma rappers, and put them all down on a list, and, you know, just see who can connect with who, but, and I I put it up on Facebook, because I want artists to put themselves in there, because, you know, it is going to be out. are you really dope, are you just saying it to say it, because we have a lot of hustlers up here, when it comes to music, we have a lot of music up here, but we have a lot of people that, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say they don't take it seriously or anything, but we, there's something that's stopping, a lot of people from advance and by advance I mean I'm not just saying in this state because let's face it too this is not the place to become huge you're gonna have to leave the state and go somewhere else oh yeah
1: absolutely absolutely yeah but, that's, we know, just
0: g- got gift to gabs in California yeah. now yeah but <laughs> at the same time under that I want fan bases in general whether it's music or even writing and stuff like that because it's harder for me to get this stuff out because you know at least you give it out in audio form they can listen to it and all that nobody oh, no. sits down and wants to read <laughs>
1: But uh, I, yeah, y'all need to get out that bullshit. Reading is fun. It's the fun to, Yeah, fun. <laughs> to
0: break that down too. But it's like people fan bases here—they expect, you know, certain shows. Right. They expect it, and they—they they know, you know, everybody. A lot of the same groups come through. A lot of the same acts come through. But you don't really hear anybody talk about them until they can't access them anymore. Until they're out of here, taking another step.
1: And that's one reason why I applaud Mclemore and Rat Simone. For being at the levels that they're at and still being here but the the thing is people will use them to co-opt your point when the reality of the matter is they didn't become what they are because of Seattle they're from Seattle they have a following in Seattle but they became what they are by getting out of Washington and going on tour and going to these different places and touching different people and now because they've done that there are people in Seattle who didn't fuck with them who do now because other people from other places do and they, want, and they want to be like, oh, yeah, he's ours, he's ours. But you didn't even fuck with him until they started fucking with him in yeah, Kentucky. But have, you know what I'm saying? Have
0: you noticed that, though, It's like, you as an artist, when you get out of, like, when you was in, like, New York or Carolina, when you got out of there, when they really started fucking with your shit, when they really started claiming you because they um, couldn't access you anymore. You know, the
1: funny thing is, and I'm glad you said that, because I actually was going to make a post about this on Facebook, and I changed my mind because I didn't want nobody to think I was whining. Because I'm not whining, I was just making an observation. Um... There's a lot of things that I started in North Carolina. Um, there's a lot of things that I did for a lot of people in North Carolina who didn't, who otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. Um, some of those very same people, since I've left North Carolina, going up on coming up on three years now, I wasn't going a good six months before some of them act like they didn't know who the fuck I was. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, that's that's their prerogative, man. I mean, that's neither here nor there. The way I see it, you're an artist, just like I'm an artist. I don't really give a fuck if you give me. Props or not, like I don't even make the music for you. Mm-hmm. I make the music for the person who don't rap. For the person who who can't do what I do and that's why they're glad that I can do it for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um I, I consider myself a voice for the voiceless. You got a voice. You rap yeah. too. So I'm not your voice. You got a voice. Use it.
0: Yeah, and one I'd say like I like your style and how you rap, but you know, when it comes down to the uh, Carolinas and all that, I mean is anybody really out there and listen to Nick Grant? That guy, just he's not new, but he seems new
1: because it seems like he came out of nowhere. Nick is crazy with it, man. Nick is, man. Yo, okay, let's do this for North Carolina. North Carolina, we're going to do this for y'all one time. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Um, Nick Grant, Fonte, Rhapsody, Superstition, OC from NC, Ilpo, Lazarus, uh, Ghost Dog, Tucson, um, um. I'm missing some people. P. Batters, Big Delf, B-Dub. Um, I'm, I'm going to miss some names, and I know I'm going to miss some names. We have some extremely gifted lyricists in North Carolina. Extreme, median. Oh, my God. We got some extremely gifted lyricists in North Carolina. Do yourselves a favor. Stop thinking that your success and your greatness is going to come within the borders of your state and get the fuck on the road and do it. That's my word in North Carolina. And I I miss y'all, but not enough to come the fuck back. <laughs> anyway, John tookman thank you so much for coming Thanks through, for man. You, man. I Thanks appreciate you, bro. Me. Hey, y'all make sure y'all check out Caught in the Moment as well as Transition. Transition. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Both on Amazon right now. Just type in... Just type in my last name, Randall, or John T. Randall. Type that in, and it'll come
1: up. No doubt. Make sure y'all read those. If you are in the Pacific Northwest, if you get those books, make sure y'all get them. When y'all see this brother out, make sure y'all shake his hand and thank him. If you see him online, make sure y'all holler at him. Let him know that you read his work. And make sure that you support the artists around you who are speaking your struggle for the rest of the world to see. Don't ever forget, we're your voice. Hold us accountable. You dig? Panther Politics, Seven of Panther. You got something to say?
0: I ain't got no call out yet. Ah. I'm, still, I'm still working on I'm still working on getting to the point where I
1: can get cocky about it. Oh man, hey, look. Cockiness has its place, most definitely. Yeah. Salute the Wilson Block. Yes, um, yes. Shout out to Bing Bing and Wilson Block. Yes, Bing Bing. My man. Hey. Shoot uh shout out real life uh two five three. Uh my man Thurge, George Cush, yes, uh Lazaric, uh the whole 03 entertainment, Crown of Kings Entertainment uh shout out to all city sounds radio show thank y'all so much for tuning in i hope y'all keep rocking with us man share it with your friends let's make this thing grow uh i'm trying to be the voice of the independent artists as well as you know local politics in tacoma i know i'm not from here but i'm ready to be a part of what i I moved here and i planted my flag so i might as well get busy you feel me hey Hey, you've
0: been here long enough you can claim it the jury
1: you feel me no doubt y'all stay up y'all 100